Have you ever done that before? Like, have you ever been like in a group of people doing like a vocal warm up? Yeah, I I know all mine from choir in high school. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's the uh, they they kind of cease to mean anything after you do them a bunch of times, right? Yeah, and then it's just like it's the community part of it where it's like, oh, all the all the theater students are sneaking away from the teacher to do the gross <laughs> warm up before our opening yeah. show, and we're 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 a team. We're you're in the cult, yeah. <laughs> into high school theater cult. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's fucking jump in. Oh, we're already recording. Are we? So, yeah. You got me. That's it. Do you? Do you want me to roll the credits? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to start. He, no, I, I'm. I, I feel was, like he looks kind of old. He looks older than 32 to me. Uh, that's the cover art. His uh, cover his art, art in the game. He he looks like a kid. He looks like a child. Oh yeah. And I was yeah. just like, God damn it. He looks like an old when, man. When like, I was a child, he looked like a man. Now he looks <laughs> like a boy. He looks 40. Okay. Hey, welcome to the now you're playing with podcast. The podcast where we go through the Nintendo Power magazines one volume at a time. One volume at a uh, time. I'm your host Brett, and I'm joined with my other host uh, Weston. Hey, it's me, Weston. There we go. And I'm joined joined my. My co-host Brett. Yeah, I should have. I feel like calling myself a host was kind of like I. Yeah, but I'm a co-host, right? It's yeah, right. Co- it, co-creators and co-hosts. Yeah, I don't know. We really should have done some paperwork before we started the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're when, like, when it blows up, we're gonna financially fuck each other. I'm gonna yeah, yeah we're gonna eat each other alive. It's right gonna away. be like uh, we have our Patreon with 100 subscribers. Who was Al Franken's buddy? Where they had the same bank account when they were on SNL, like a couple of morons. Oh, that's and crazy. They, have you? Have you uh, yeah, and hey, uh, before, hey, yeah, yeah. before we start like putting you part of the conversation, let's introduce you. We're joined by a uh, uh, guest, Bo. Bo, welcome aboard. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. I didn't want to talk until I was properly introduced. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what a good guest does. This is not what our other guests <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, other guests just jump on. They just chomp on. Yeah, <laughs> they introduce themselves. They act like they're a host. Like there's just no. Really, really yeah. inappropriate. I figured we could like maybe set you up a little bit too as well. Like you're, you do. We're we're both kind of comedy nerdy boys. You're kind of in the same camp, right? Yeah. You'd well, say. I wouldn't say nerdy. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably honestly less. I think you're <laughs> you're you're probably a little more cool than both of so us. So you're normal. <laughs> I think you're the first normal yeah, person we've had on the podcast. Like, wow. You you don't know me that well. You'll see. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and you said you grew up reading these. You were subscribed to, oh, yeah. to the Power Magazine. This particular issue, I looked it up, came out when I was seven. Whoa. Yeah. How old oh, were you, Weston? I would have been, what, 92? That's uh, eight. So Seven yeah. and eight. Same age, about yeah. The, about the same age. I, I had this issue growing up. I'm negative three. Yep. Brett uh, <laughs> still does not exist yeah. uh, in, in the timeline of the podcast. Um, and I was really missing out. This magazine sucks. <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, that's good. That is, is, is. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's, 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 it's a fine magazine. Uh, there's, there's one good thing. Cool. So yeah, we t- talked about this a little bit before, but was it nostalgic? You said it was a little nostalgic. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I remember like specific articles and one of the things that I've caught on and I, I don't know what it's like for you, but there'll be a video game that pops up and I'll just be like, why is this the one I remember? 
Yeah. Why is this one burned into my brain? Absolutely. Half of them, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't think I ever played this game or remember it. And the other half are like, oh, that like reminds me of my mother's love when I was a little boy. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a smell. Yeah, bringing you back. It is. Panic restaurant. I'm curious. What I'm excited <laughs> about is I feel like I don't really remember ever having this magazine, even you know when I was like the age who you know where I would have had it. But I bet I've read one of them. So I bet one of these times, if we do this podcast in three years from now of doing this podcast, I'll probably have one magazine where I'm like, holy shit. It's going to smack you in the face. Yeah, I think so. I think that would happen. Great. Cool. Okay. I feel like we're all, we're all blended. Uh, Okay. Let's fucking talk about, let's talk about this cover. Hey, Uh, it's, uh, it's Street Fighter. We're here. It's Street Fighter (laughs) 2. Street Fighter Mania. Did they have a name? Pac-Man Fever. Street Fighter Mania. Was Mor- Street Fighter big at this time? Like, was it genuinely like a lot of people were playing it? Mortal Kombat. Miss? I think so. Yeah. This was like this game was a huge, huge deal when it like fighting games in this era, man. Yeah, it's weird having like the trends of that because like fighting games meant nothing to me like growing up. That wasn't a thing. Like other than Smash Bros, nobody played fighting games. Yeah, it was there's like a there's an older crowd that you know played like Third Strike. You know, like they were playing like the niche fighting games. Yeah. But yeah, in the 2000s, it's just not the same. This this was like they didn't exist before. Also, these these type of like like side by side fighters were huge in arcades. Yeah, so like people would go yeah. there and just yeah, like yeah. play for hours. And this is kind of like the the tail end of arcades, right? Like uh, they're I guess it's or at least the beginning of the end for sure. Yeah, because consoles are you know way more mainstream at this point. I, I mean, I'm kind <laughs> of jealous of that. I mean, like even. Like, I even had a thing that kids probably don't have as much nowadays, like the couch co-op stuff. Like, I grew up with playing with my friends. Like, we would right. all on, be on the GameCube, and we'd have four controllers plugged in and be playing, like, at the same time. Zelda Four Swords. Yeah, Four dude. Game Boy Advances. Yeah, four Link Cables. Uh, and that doesn't... That even seems like it's on its way out. So I'm jealous of, like, the like the idea of going to an arcade and, like, being good at the game and, like, having a status there. Yeah. I think that'd be really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just really depressed that they call stuff like Quake boomer shooters now. Oh, boy. That's a boomer shoot. That's what boomers play. <laughs> it's like grandpa's old video games. <laughs> you little asshole kids. Yeah. <laughs> Show some respect. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this this illustration of Guile is not the worst. Although, as uh, I don't know if this will make it into the edit, but you pointed out that Guile looks substantially older here than he does in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I, I my only opinion was that I just like I'm not crazy about camo pants in general. Like as a not, you know, I don't. I don't He's know. in the service. He has no choice. <laughs> yeah, is he, yeah. Is, he, that, is he canonically in the service? Is he in some dude from Wisconsin? This is a. I think so. Is that his thing? Yeah, he's, he's, he's he fights Force, like right? on the like aircraft carrier, whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. that level is, right? <laughs> that would be funny to have. Like, all, all the air crew is like watching. Yeah, and yeah, they're like cheering oh, him on. Yeah. Okay, you know that that makes sense. It would be weird if he like went under his description and it was like, "Hey, he's not in the service. He just likes yeah. these pants." <laughs> he just cosplays as a. <laughs> Military guy. That's every he, work, he, works the, he works at the the gift the gift shop at the airbase. He look, he's, he's a big fan. Of it looks like he's been doing a lot of spray tanning in this picture. Yeah, yeah, he he's definitely got that. I mean, honestly, that's more of a Ken thing. I think he's a little, yeah. He's a little blend of the the two American Street Fighter characters. I do like how it says Street Fighter Two hair raising action. Oh, do you get it? Because yeah. his hair oh, stands up. He's got guile one. hair. I missed that one. Maybe. Also, the other thing they call out on the cover, they're doing a big password giveaway. Yeah. They're going to (laughs) give away their some passwords. I mean, we're like 
Obviously, that doesn't sound like the biggest deal, <laughs> but <laughs> that is what the joke I'm making. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, if I was a kid, I would have been fucking jazz. Like a password giveaway would have been like really. Yeah, Brett, I know uh, you haven't experienced this, but imagine for a moment, if you will, a world with no internet. <laughs> yeah, you have no way to get these passwords. No, I'm with any you. other way. I'm with you. I feel like this would be really exciting. I'm dunking on it, but I did see passwords that I did use as a kid on games. Like, <laughs> oh, it's like yeah. this password giveaway benefited me, and I'm shooting all over it. <laughs> okay. Uh, they have they have a new ad that has about the level of graphic design prowess as the Game Boy one they previously had. Uh, advertising. Nintendo cleaning kits. Yeah, it's weird. Like these Nintendo licenses are really—they look like you would get a C minus on it if you like turned it in. <laughs> yeah, uh, for, at the class project, and that's—and this is the biggest magazine. This is like the biggest magazine in circulation. I know, right it now. looks like fan art that the kids like mail in and they show. <laughs> you know, like like Tommy, five years old, drew Samus or whatever, and that's like what it is. <laughs> Do you know where your game pack has been? So, anyways, the dogs chomping the pack at oh, the Nintendo cleaning. Oh, kids. where are we? <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah. That that's the Samus one. We jumped ahead. Sorry, that was totally not clear. That's on that's on us. So it's it's uh, you know, not a lot going on. But maybe they didn't have a big budget for hawking the cleaning kits. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that's just some guy's dog. He <laughs> just like taped a a game in his dog's mouth. It's like crap. This is due today. <laughs> The dog's not biting it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a very specific memory of like the one graphic design class that I took in college, the teacher being very I don't want to say arrogant, but she was definitely like, you know, the devil wears Prada. Like she gives off uh Meryl Streep vibes, you know, like uh sinister com you know, domineering uh Cruella uh, Deville. Yeah, a little Cruella Deville. Um I passed that class. Because in my final essay, I was like, I promise I'll never take another graphic design class. Don't fail me. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> really? like, you, got, you got her. I got a D. Nice. <laughs> and now I work as a graphic yeah, designer funny that frequently. You, you frequently do graphic design. And yeah. You, you and were, I'm, uh, I think I'm decent at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel that. I actually feel like I tend to be pretty bad at things when I start it. So I think everyone. Yeah. Most yeah, people right. are, right? Yeah. You got to be bad at something yeah. before you can be good at right. it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Yeah, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> hey. Parting wisdom. Uh. Mailbox. Gentlemen, this this mailbox is pretty good. <laughs> you're, you're pretty you're pretty on The one that caught my eye was the awesome twosome. <laughs> yeah. So this uh this is crazy because I'm uh. I'm pretty sure in an episode. I mentioned this. We were talking yeah. about accessibility in games. So these are these two brothers that are like, we've they do the thing where it's like we beat fifty games, but one of us doesn't have arms. I play. He plays with his feet. Yeah, and I specifically remembered that from the magazine. Oh, really? Yeah, I was really struck by it. I was like, "That's how do you? That's crazy. How do you even do that?" I, yeah, I can see that standing out. It's like a thing. I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. wish the picture they show like it's more obvious that the one guy doesn't have arms. Like yeah. you wouldn't know from this picture alone. His arm could be no, behind you can, his you back. Skip right by that yeah. segment and then totally miss it. It should be a full body picture. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Really hit home, or yeah. they should have a picture of him playing with his feet. That, that, honestly, I, I, I remember there being one. I maybe I misremembered it, but yeah, I had some memory of like a kid playing with his feet, like in a picture. Maybe they did another feature on them later. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, that would be. I hope they do that. That sounds great. I feel like feet's like one of those things, like kind of like like 
the word daddy a little bit where it's like i feel like the fact that it gets fetishized kind of like ruins it a little bit where like if i see if i if i, if I think i saw feet on this perfectly normal and that should be okay but immediately i'm like ooh, that's not good like we shouldn't have this on a, on a magazine immediately you start masturbating <laughs> Well, I I was going to applaud both of you for not <laughs> making fun of the fact that feet came up and like trying to sexualize it, but here oh, we are. Hey, man. Brett started Shouldn't it. Shouldn't have made me eggnog. Uh, <laughs> no more nog for pods. Uh, the one that stood out for me, I guess, I mean, that one probably is the more interesting of the bunch, but one kid mentioned... Uh, that his parents promised if he went 30, him and his brother or yeah. sibling, I don't know the makeup, but if they went 30 days without fighting, they would get a Super Nintendo. I'm yeah. curious, do you guys think, did your siblings, would you have been able to pass that if, if, if you had been given that challenge from your parents? I would have, but I had a little sister. We oh, got, really? we got along pretty well. No problem. Yeah. Interesting. When we did have fights, they were like deeply emotionally cutting, but like they weren't <laughs> violent. Like <laughs> we would just go straight for the, you know, the emotional jugular. Oh, boy. That's how we fought. <laughs> but that only happened like once, once every couple of months. It was pretty infrequent. We, so yeah, but people I know that have brothers, not a chance. I, yeah. I don't think it would be up to me. I was the youngest, so it would be up to my older brother and sister. You know, oh, okay. They're so the you ones who picked suit. on me. So. <laughs> what about you? No way. Yeah, there's no, there's no way me and my brother. Because you have two brothers, right? Yeah, we fought literally every day, and there was nothing that was going to get out of that way. Well, then your dad would have never gotten the Super Nintendo out of the garage attic. <laughs> You know, you say that, but in the letter, he does admit that the dad is already like kind of compromising on his original. I know deal. the dad's the dad's folding. That dad yeah. is like. Uh, he, at first, he was like thirty days. He's like, all right, twenty days. Yeah, <laughs> twenty days if things go well. Well, if they're already going well, then like you know, you know, yeah. you know, they got it a week later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. They were as soon as he bought it. The you know the the contest was over. It's all a lie. They, they never weren't allowed to play the Super Nintendo. <laughs> One of them, they somehow managed to damage the foundation of the house two <laughs> yeah. days after this, and the dad folded yeah. directly afterwards in the midst of a mental break. <laughs> I feel bad for that. Dad. And then dad went out for cigarettes and was never seen again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like, I mean, that dad's got to be building up resentment if yeah. he can't fucking stand up to his own kids. But the kids didn't care because they had the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Do you guys have anything on the SNES Genesis? fawning nonsense these letters oh yeah they were just a little bit of propaganda yeah you think on. that's real like <laughs> oh dude i mean people still talk like this about video game consoles right There's they like, do but i i've got a sony so i'm a good person yeah. like no you're not <laughs> I, yeah i mean i, I could see that i feel like at the very least it's them really hawkeying really zeroing in on a case and plucking it i guess out so and yeah that's into true the, into the front they found a really diehard nintendo lover the letter basically says, I used to play Genesis, but it sucks compared to Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, th thanks for writing in, man. Th <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. How yeah, much are they like, paying you, Charlie? I don't know. It's, uh, I wonder if they're ever like allowed to. Like if, like if someone like drew a picture of like Mario stabbing Sonic and was like, <laughs> would, they, would they post it? We got to We got to <laughs> So, you know, Nintendo Power is known for people doing art for the envelopes for the letters they send in, right? Yeah. What are the odds that there's one Mortal Kombat style of like Mario holding Sonic's severed head? I feel like I've seen that. I can yeah. see it in yeah. my head. But I no, I, I mean it. Like, I, that exists, I'm yeah. fairly certain. All right, well, I'm, 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 I honestly would not be surprised. So, Bubsy yeah. the Bobcat, Bobcat holding the Rystar's severed top half. <laughs> okay. 
uh, Alex Kid. Uh, wait, what's another? A lot of people are from console. California. This person's from North Hollywood. We're kind of by. We're kind of by him. Uh, oh yeah, Mark sorry, Knight. Sorry, sorry to the one who uh, he he was the critical one. He he wrote in and was like, "Where's all the sports games, Nintendo?" Yeah, he says Genesis may have the upper hand in that category. <laughs> and then Nint- Nintendo's reply is, "We have about twenty five Super Nintendo games about sports." <laughs> Yeah, well, it's also funny to like. It's weird to have someone talk about whining sports games because, like, again, I I didn't, I wasn't like in the generation of like this, but I just remember going to like old game stores and just having bins full of sports games that no one bought, and they were just trying to get rid of them. Yeah, they because they do the new one every year, so the one from a year ago is now worth about ten bucks. Oh, I guess maybe that's it. But I I strike you as a sports game guy. Would you play sports video games? Yeah, I used to until I uh, like I used to play Madden a lot, Mm. but then. I realized this is the same crap every year and like it's kind of worse and wor- like it somehow it does not improve because it doesn't need to, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, on that note, my heart goes out to the people who buy the wrestling, like, was it Royal Rumble every year? Uh, the <laughs> WWE yeah. game? Cause that sounds ma- like that could be sick. Every time I hear people try those games, talk about them, it's like more and more depressing how uh, incomplete and bad the game uh, is. Oh, man. The last thing I wanted to call out here, I mean, pretty much touched on every aspect of the mailbox. Yeah, but you're really stuck at in this one. <laughs> they, they, got a, they got a write-up on the kid who got to go to Skywalker Ranch. Jealous of this kid. That is honestly like one of the cooler... I feel like visiting the Star Wars Ranch would be one of the cooler things to do. And it's a kid right? from Spring. That- That's like near where I grew up. Kid from Spring, oh, Texas. Look at him. Yeah, I really can't think of like very many like locations like to visit in the U.S. that would be much cooler than doing this, at least from... Dude, they have a they have a picture of him wearing Captain EO's jacket. I, is that what that is? Okay, <laughs> Captain EO's oh, jacket. I was like, that's man. not Star Wars. <laughs> and Boba Fett's helmet. I mean, that's that's cool, man. That's cool. They have a picture of him in jail. Is that? Why <laughs> Yo, is he behind bars? He's, <laughs> he's trying to steal the Boba Fett uh, helmet. <laughs> that's George Lucas's little dungeon. This is also the four year anniversary of Nintendo Power, guys. Oh, hell yeah. Gail Tilden tells us, and then she promises that the Super Nintendo CD add-on is coming soon. Oh, that's a big lie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Panic Restaurant. Here we go. Yeah, this is one of those games. I don't know why. I think I played it once as an adult, and I was like, this was the game that was like burned into my memory for some reason. I I mean, I see this segment. like It feels like, I feel like as a kid, just seeing like a bunch of different foods is distorted fucked up monsters it's like i don't remember that right that's it like that's it yeah distinct i played a lot of nintendo games i had a lot of nintendo games i don't think i've ever heard of this game <laughs> I start, if i played it i don't remember it when i looked at this issue for the first time i, I was like what <laughs> so i think it's one of those where it's just kind of it, you know it's it's a platformer i do I, I i agree with you brad i think the art style's interesting and yeah, you know it's not, not necessarily good. it looks like garbage palakids Right? Yeah. Oh, I think I think that's a little unfair to the garbage pail. All the food's angry and trying to kill you. Uh, speaking of garbage, I was literally on the Nintendo Switch store, and the, sh- the shittiest garbage pellet kid game just came out. It, what kind of game is I that? I don't. I don't. It was like a plat. It was like a two D platforming game. Like was, new? Yeah. All right. It might be a port of an old one. I don't know. But it was just so wild to see this really shitty garbage pellet kid game. Like. As a new game on the Nintendo Switch. That's crazy. Yeah. Are they, they haven't had a resurgence. This is for, <laughs> for old people that remember the movie I, and I the know, cards. Just a sad cash grab. I mean, the game looked unfinished. 
the, I mean, the most unhinged Garbage Pail Kids thing I know is that the guy who wrote Mouse, like the card, the graphic novel about the Holocaust. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. That, that, he's that. The, the Garbage Pail Kids guy. Oh, Art, really? Art Spiegelman. Yeah. He's <laughs> the same guy. Really? The he, he's a cartoonist, you know. Yeah, didn't that, doesn't that guy have like a Pulitzer or a Nobel Prize or something yeah, like that? not for, for Mouse, though. For Garbage Pail <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for... Uh, uh, Bubbling Bobby. <laughs> no, it's it's for uh, yeah. He has it for Mouse, right? But yeah, yeah. he's also famous for that's you know, that's that's a good fact. Yeah, wow. Learn something new every day from me on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys want to skip gold medal challenge? Yeah, I got nothing on it. But really, oh, you got really no. Look like you, you got it's stupid. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> What about, hey, hey, uh, we're going to skip over Gold Medal Challenge and we're here at Might and Magic. Yeah. It's I a role-playing game. I was thinking, and kind of with the last game we're looking at too, but this with Might and Magic, I really feel like looking generic is kind of the killer for me. Like if I, something looks generic, I just skip it in my brain. Like this just looks like generic Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So I'm like, ah, I don't care. Yeah, uh, it's you know? it's got the first person dungeon crawling. It's got, you know, with the party menu and stuff. Totally. But it just looks like games of, it looks like 10 other games to me. Just yeah. Well, in 1992, <laughs> there weren't 10 other games like Might and Magic. <laughs> no, well, that, that's the thing. I was, I was wondering, like, since I skip by these generic ones, like what, if it looks like, oh, I've seen this before. Like what, I would, I'm wondering what the examples are of ones that I shouldn't be skipping over. It probably the ones that started the standard. Original Final Fantasy games were all great. Yeah. Uh, there's a modern version of this kind of first person thing called what the Grimlock series. Hmm. They got like two or three of them out. It's like an indie game. But yeah, it's that boxy first person uh, adventure RPG in a dungeon. And I mean that game looks cool. Oh okay. you know what you shouldn't skip though? Because these games are kind of predecessors to the uh, Simulated games like System Shock and what eventually became like Bioshock and those games. Okay. Yeah, I know System Shock's like a big game. Uh, that, that original, they're doing a remake of the original System Shock. And even though the graphics are gorgeous, it looks ridiculous because it's this boxy, very lo-fi. It's a little more advanced than this. I really like that. Like, I mean, I like watching like old Twilight Zone where you can tell it's a set. Oh yeah, yeah. Tell it's a set. Yeah, and they're on a set, and that's fun. But, and I feel that with sometimes with old video games where it's like it feels like you're on a you're they're not trying to tell you this is real. You're on a set. You're right. on a fake thing. Oh my god, we're here. It's the Nintendo Power Password giveaway. All right, everyone, let's let's. What's your favorite password? Finally, everyone? finally, <laughs> man. I mean, again, as a kid, I'd be like, do you, do you would you guys like when you when you had the magazine? Was that like one of the things you were looking for was like passwords and like cheats and codes and shit like that? Yeah. I think so, but I think I would also, like, my brother and I would buy, like, the password, like, books. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Game Genie also. Yeah, Game Genie. Yeah, I, uh, we had a book fair, and, like, at this point, I had the internet. I didn't really fucking need these, but every time I was at a book fair as, like, a kid, my, mo- my mom and dad were like, hey, buy one book, and I would just buy the password book, <laughs> and it was, like, so antithetical <laughs> to the point of a book yeah. fair. You read that I book just, for a book report? I just bought password. You found a loophole in the system. <laughs> This is uh, these Willow passwords. I rem- remember renting Willow and feeding these in so that I could jump around in the game. How uh, was Willow? Uh, that game's all right. I don't know if I ever played it. I love the movie, but. Yeah, I'm excited for the new series. Oh, yeah. Bell Kilmer's Mad Mardigan. Yes, he yeah. is. I, I, I don't think he's in the new one. Is Willow uh, an entirely like made up fan? Like, was it a book before or was it just a m- movie that was 
like a new fantasy world. I don't know. Didn't yeah. they? So it was Ron Howard directing, right? And like Lucas and Spielberg were involved. And I think they just cooked it up whole cloth, like legend and stuff like that. I just kind of made it up. Does it feel, I haven't seen it. Does it feel like a Lord of the Rings ripoff or is it distinct? No, it feels like it's its own like fantasy movie. Okay. It's but, definitely, you know, it's got people in armor and swords and there's magic and stuff, but like the magic has different rules that are kind yeah. of neat. Bob okay. Morda is a cool villain. She's like kind of her own thing. All right. Evil sorceress lady. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta wearing, watch that. Wearing like a nun's For some smock. reason, whenever I see, see Willow, I, I think of the wrong movie. I always think of Dark Crystal, which is not Willow. Mm, no. But, oh man, Dark Crystal. Dark I, Crystal's fucking sick. Dark also, that the Dark Crystal show Netflix did, that was it, fucking sh- awesome. it shouldn't exist. Like, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. Probably lost them so much money. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's really good in that? And I can't believe she's in it is Aquafina is one of the Skeksis. And she's fantastic. Really? Yeah. She's the one that's like always got a sinus infection. So it's like really, it's snarfing all the time. Oh, yeah. That's Aquafina? <laughs> that's Aquafina. She's great. It's wild. Holy Man, shit. They spent like so much money on that I know. That show. And that's why they're like, yeah, it's good. We can't do this again. <laughs> To be so, I got to be responsible as an elder millennial and point out that I believe the consensus is Willow the movie is beloved nostalgically, but is maybe not the greatest thing ever. It's it's like okay, kind of so, middling. I mean, I'd I'd have to watch it again, I'd and I'm sure I I would it would not be as amazing as I remember. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Dark Crystal's sick. Dark Crystal's Dark Crystal's so. I mean, it's dark. It's it's like bleak. It's yeah. like apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah I love it. Uh, the show is is like set way before the movie and is way less uh, apocalyptic, but it's still super messed up. Yeah. All right. Man, let's I talk mean, about Dark Crystal. That makes sense. I mean, I feel like puppet people are fucked up, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like whenever any people, like, I feel like, fuck, I feel like I don't, there's not a version of a puppet person who's wholesome. <laughs> or maybe, I guess, I guess you'd think the other way, but I, I don't know. I feel like they all want to be doing like fucked up shit. Back in the day, yeah, Jim Hansen's so weird. Man, yeah. you gotta, uh, you gotta watch more Muppet stuff. Anything on classified info? I, I honestly, I thought pretty hard to follow the codes. With cla- <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough yeah. to follow. I feel like whoever was after the codes was pretty screwed. Yeah, they just burned the rest of the magazine. <laughs> it's never gonna live up. <laughs> it's the Zelda comic, and. I, I gotta say, this time I'm I'm gonna parrot you, Brett, and say that it's like it's pretty plotty and not a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it was all there's there's some cool stuff in it, but I get to also check in since you used to read the magazines, Bo. Do you remember the Zelda? Do you remember the comic books at all? I I don't think so. If I did, I don't I don't think I read them typically. Really, you were I don't remember. I don't. So oh, maybe not. Too busy reading codes. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Was too busy memorizing all of the codes. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it's interesting though. This is there's a mask in here. Like that doesn't come up until Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, there's been like weird moments. Yeah, Ocar- to my knowledge, is I there not a mask in Link to the Past? I don't think there is. That's I felt the same thing. There's like, not. The Zoras are the fish people. Fish right? people. Yeah, yeah the flippers from them. That's not yeah. in. Uh, that's not in Link to the Past either. I don't think. I don't think so. So and that's like it's. Uh, and I think I've seen like we've seen like small doses of this, but like. Uh, it's been weird to see a, a very iconic Zelda thing done first in these. This That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so like this lore totally. already existed in like their mind. That's really or interesting. Whatever. Yeah, I, I do want. I want. I mean, 
I, I wonder how like connected the people making this comic are to the actual well, like, game 92 developers. Ocarina of Time had to have been in development already. Right? Yeah, I'm so sure like, that took a long time to make. And but even in Ocarina of Time, like the Zora mask, I don't think they had a Zora mask. I, I think that was Majora's mask even. That was like, but they had masks. You had like a little mask guy. You like had a Pikachu mask. Yeah. Did, did they have, did they have the masks in Ocarina of Time where you become the Gorgon and the Zora? Or is that, that was, Majora's that, mask? That's Majora's mask. Oh. I've, I've never beaten either of those. Oh man. Dude, greatest game of all time, Ocarina. And that's a great game. Mm. Yeah, it, it does not hold up that well. I'm uh, sure. Well, now, no. Uh, uh, but yeah, the that, time, that's the thing was... that's working against me is I can't really go back. But and... it holds up in really interesting. But the, the ways it holds up, like if you were to look at like just the themes it has and like the like the game design, there's a lot of like stuff that it does, and it's like really high level still. Hmm. Uh, I, I would argue, but just the the fighting is not that fun. When it did invent. Z targeting, but I guess that's yeah. become very normal. Yeah. So in this, uh, so Link is stuck in the dark world, <laughs> and he just blew that guy's head off with a grenade uh, in the last issue. And yeah, the needs, last issue they really started leaning into grenades. Yeah, this is a uh, heavily pro grenade comic. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, Link has met a fairy. You must be the fairy the monsters are after, and she takes him to a Zora. He's got a scar on his face, and then Link passes out, I guess, because of the Zora's magic or something. He can't hold up his sword. And the Zora's like, no, no, you got me all wrong. Me and the fairy are cool. We like you. Um, yeah, I think the fun part, so this is all really boring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the fun <laughs> yeah. part is when they refer to um, grenades as, what do they call it? Fire? Oh, uh, fire corn. Fire corn. They like... I think they introduced grenades in the last coming. They were like, "Oh fuck, we introduced grenades. That doesn't make sense." And then, then they were like, "Okay, guys, right? We got to figure out how to like make this feel more fantasy because these are grenades and they should not be in this world." And they're like, oh, "I don't know. Call it fire corn." And now it works. Fire okay, corn because the grid on it looks like an ear of corn, uh, right? Oh, I see. Oh, like a yeah. I see. I see. You think that was a translation save? I think so. maybe. I, th- yeah. I think they fucked up by putting grenades in Zelda. I don't think there's grenades in the Link to the Past. I don't think there's no, ever those been. monsters. No, throw no, well, bombs. there's bombs. Yeah. yeah, bombs. But something about it being a grenade, yeah. like a, being like a true, like grenade-looking. Also, the moon has like a face, like in Majora's Mask. I, yeah, I know. I was thinking this particular magazine felt like uh, even the fairy. Like, it, I mean, I guess not, but he has like a fairy companion in this game, right? And there's fairies in link to the past but like it's not really until not navi yeah where like it's like your partner right yeah and not okay back to grenades too they also have a moment where navi or whoever the fairy is literally grabs a grenade and like bombs someone like a plane like let's that's like the very end of the we we can we can run through and summarize briefly okay there's a lot of boring stuff in between that and all right so in page two panel two uh no i'm just kidding uh yeah so that's a straight up grenade i'm looking at it no yeah no it's crazy they just they really (laughs) So Link has to go save one of the crystal maidens. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the first dungeon, which is incidentally where he first ended up in the dark world. They just make it so that, that pyramid is, I mean, it looks exactly the same. And he goes inside with the mask and like nobody tries to mess with him until. And, and let's say, let's just mention that literally like as he's walking down, it's just, he's just walking through shelves full of grenades. Yeah. He's in, he's in the armory. <laughs> And uh, he finds a guy who can see through his disguise, and then yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All, all I'll say, and then he has to fight the boss of the thing, and the crystal lady's there for some reason. And um, 
In the, I mean, the, the, they, they're keeping the crystal lady at the end of the armory, you know, and <laughs> the, the and, armory of again, and literally the, nothing in the army except for just shelves and shelves. I like of it's shelves and shelves of grenades, and the guard just also has like two bandoliers full of grenades. <laughs> yeah, he's guarding them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if he needs to use one to protect the grenade? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, we're should be. Well, why not just use the grenades? To what protect- are we going to use it to protect them? More grenades. <laughs> Fire corn. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So I, I will say the boss monster guy looks super cool. Yeah, like, it's cool art. This is a fa- like. Shouldn't this fucking armory should full, be full of swords? Yeah, and like so stabs. That's a different armory. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a in sword the sword armory. palace. Yeah, <laughs> and the guy guarding it has eight swords on him. <laughs> Yeah, so as, as you guys established, I guess it wasn't like there's not a whole lot of uh, plot to get through between here and there. Uh, Link slashes the guy, and then to take out the base, he has the fairy carry a grenade <laughs> to them. And then there's this amazing spread of the top blowing off of the entire yeah, well, palace. They, yeah, they, well, so they, so they figured out what would happen when they would just let one grenade off in the room full of grenades, which means the entire... Pyramid Palace just blows up. Yeah, how no one that, could survive that. How did the fairies survive that? I mean, they look like they're in the rubble. Like <laughs> this feels. I feel like they did not expect it to be that big an explosion. I think they wrote themselves into a corner with all these grenades. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely. Uh, I feel like we talked about this with uh, one of the first couple of issues, but there is like a whole lot of stuff that would happen missing from this comic because they just didn't have the space for it. Which oh. is why the Crystal Maiden is just in with the grenades. <laughs> Same room. <laughs> they just, they, they just like blow up the entire building. It's just like it turns into like just like a slapstick comedy of just like yeah. the rubble and like Link coming out and just brushing off his yeah. pants and whistling. Yeah, and I guess the grenades crack to the crystal that was holding the Maiden because that breaks and she gets out and she's like, "Thanks, here's a cell phone." Um, <laughs> it, it's actually like this tuning fork, but if I remember correctly, uh, when he hits it, he can talk to people through it. Oh, I yeah, I don't I did not understand what this fork thing meant. I just it was like, com fork. I don't know what this com fork is. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a cell phone. It's like a cell phone. Okay. And then there's uh this dude that shows up uh that wants the master sword at the end, and I completely forgotten about him. But now that I see him, I'm like, oh Who yeah, that him. It's like kind of a Goku looking figure. He's got Go- like crazy gold hair. <laughs> Goku is here for the sword. <laughs> Go- Things are popping off. I can't wait to tune in next month to see who he is. I, I, I'm honestly kind of, I they made a lot of bold decisions. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm ready for like grenade uh, Ganondorf, who's just yeah. like he's mad because you blew up all of his grenade stash. <laughs> he has end, to make a lot more. You know, what's really crazy is this comic ends with a, a courtroom scene like the one in Chernobyl, where Link has to use a chart with red and blue cards to show how Ganon came to power and how they can prevent it in the future. Yeah, look at look at that. I, <laughs> I I like that this one was a little crazier. Like it's again, it's plotty and whatever. But I like that they just like I don't know. They just kind of started m- making weird decisions at the end. So I thought it was more fun to read than previous ones. Yep. How how familiar are y'all with the Toxic Crusader? Um, it seems vaguely familiar but i could just be making that up yeah i've got i my my only note for this was was is this an actual show it was and what's really weird based on a trauma film so like trauma 
Uh, Troma is oh, who's the name of the filmmaker that does the Troma? You know, I don't know. Uh, Troma is a super low budget kind of B movie outfit that does a lot of schlocky stuff. Okay, um, I gotta look up that. Is guy. that why they're from Tromaville? <laughs> yep. Uh, so they made this gross movie about a guy who gets a janitor who gets turned into a mutant, and uh, Lloyd Kaufman is his name. Uh, is the the guy who kind of runs Troma. <laughs> so this shitty B movie got like a cartoon spinoff. Yeah, it, it, what's really crazy is this is like Rambo action figures or something because like Troma films are schlocky and have like shocking graphic violence and stuff. And huh. now it's a tro- Toxic Crusaders. This is the Game Boy version of you know like the Toxic Crusaders game, and it's like this wacky cadre of like I don't know like. Everybody got mutated one way or another, and they're all no zone. That's odd. It kind of feels like you know how like it's when you keep making copies of something and it gets like more and more distorted. It's oh, like yeah. the start of that yeah. movie to go to a kid's cartoon to a Game Boy game. It's like a very weird like it is just pulling the thread of an I, idea. I do kind of like how the idea of this is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but like for real, what would happen if you got exposed <laughs> to like toxic chemicals? You just turn grotesque. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Just, yeah, a bit of a harsher reality. I mean, the one guy looks, the janitor looks like, uh, what's his name from Goonies? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, sloth. he looks like Sloth, right? Yeah, Sloth. sloth. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. I love that the villain in this <laughs> has this giant, he's got a gas mask on and like the giant, this giant thing on his back, his rebreather or whatever, and he's like just an evil business magnate. Yeah, and he has like 80s shoulder pads. Oh, he looks fantastic. <laughs> He alone is kind of, I was like, I, I think I got to check this yeah. out. <laughs> what a great villain. Uh, we should skip the Jeep thing and talk about Wave Race. Yeah. The, the I, original Wave I Race. I would love to talk about Wave Race. I was blown away by this section. Yeah. Because I uh, grew up playing Wave Race 64 yep. on the Nintendo and that's a good fucking game. That's a good game. I had no idea... That it's part of a trilogy of games, the first being on the Game Boy. I didn't know that either. I uh, totally forgotten until I saw this. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I looked on Wikipedia and people were like said it's it's a pretty good like multiplayer game. It's got it's got good controls, it's fun with groups of people. That actually sounds great. That, yeah. that sounds like yeah, because if you're hooking Game Boys together, like is it four player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh I, my god. I, I, I played it. I, I looked at the Wikipedia, then I played like a quick like ROM, whatever, on, mm-hmm. online, and it was fun. Like I, I could feel I would agree. Like I'm like, this would probably be fun with people. Like yeah. but it was just, but it was like it was a competent made game. It was it was interesting. So Nintendo developed this, which means that they were like with Tetris, like they're out to find like what's the perfect Game Boy game. And that makes a lot of sense. Like a relatively simple top down racer yeah. with good multiplayer. I, you're right, that sounds great. And it looks like there's other they have like a slalom mode, so there's like it's not just going around in a track. Yeah, there's... no, it was pretty like uh, content rich for like a Game Boy yeah, game. It seems it had, like it. It had a lot of stuff to it, and it played really smoothly. Like I was really surprised that like uh, it really did feel like I guess whatever the triple A version of like a Game Boy game is. And That's... I'm like, I have no idea this is this. And it's it's not only that, but it's a pre or it's the, the game before a game I played a ton of as a kid. Which... Interesting. Did oh, wait, did uh, sorry, did did Wave Race? 64 come with Nintendo 64 or no? It was, just, it was a launch was that, title. I know. I think everyone owned it. For yeah, some but everyone, everyone. I feel like it. every single why. person had it. So I think Maybe it was a launch, launch title. Yeah. yeah, and it had the the wave physics was the big deal. Yeah. Where it yeah. had like 
semi-realistic right. water. And it still looks pretty cool, honestly. For our, like most sixty, like that era of games look like absolute shit nowadays. But Wave Race actually looks kind of fun. Yeah, that game's great. Yeah. Speaking of games that I think are really well suited to the Game Boy, uh, Centipede. Centipede's good stuff. I haven't, thought, I haven't thought about Centipede in so long. Forgot. I forgot this game was like a big thing. It's no Galaga, but <laughs> neither. But is this? I'm down for some Centipede. The original Centipede. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And it's just uh, on a monochrome little right. <laughs> not, I mean, there's like nothing to it. There's a you know, it's just Centipede. Like, but <clears throat> you know, obviously, like since I've you know wasn't alive a lot not a lot of the stuff jumps at but for some reason i have very young very distinct memories of centipede specifically hmm. uh like i just remember like seeing like my dad play it and being like oh fuck what's that game and that's yeah that's it and then you know it's fine i have very distinct memories of human centipede <laughs> hey. is that movie good should i check that out <laughs> i mean it's so ridiculous i wouldn't say it's good but <laughs> yeah what about human centipede 2 <laughs> i haven't seen here yeah, i haven't many, seen the second one do they have at this point i don't know and that one, don't they want to build like a forty-person chain? <laughs> Probably. Honestly, would be great is, if the like DVD box art of the Human Centipede like trilogy is like a human. Like, yeah. You put them like next to each other, and it like <laughs> plays out a Human Centipede. That's smart, right there. Hey, come on. Are there three? Are there three? Yet? Let's look it up. Oh man, not yet, but maybe. Yeah, one how day. Many, how many Human Centipede movies are there? Yeah, I, I'm not that that horror franchise is not super interesting to <laughs> There's me. There's three. Oh trilogy. my god, they did a third one? What's the I mean, third one named? I, mean, I feel like you'd need to, because like if you're gonna make a trail, like there's three people on the human centipede. You gotta have three moves. That's true. It's <laughs> just the centipede gets long. They're like, well, what do we do? We'll just make the centipede yeah. longer. Every movie they just add more people. <laughs> yeah, horror it itself. Horror franchises are not yeah. necessarily it's about a, it's a whole prison full of every inmate is part of the human centipede. Oh wow. So do they just kind of go to like really long <laughs> Yeah, Chain. yeah, it's like a whole prison that that's the whole that's the whole gimmick. I guess. How do they keep the people at the back alive? I guess that would spoil the movie. Maybe yeah, we shouldn't say. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, just as a viewer, if you don't know what Human Centipede is, don't look it up. It's, it's like really gross. <laughs> yeah, go look up the VHS anthology horror franchise instead, which is also hit and miss, but has a place in my heart. It has some good ones. Oh my god, I just watched the new one. Go watch VHS ninety four instead. 94? Yeah, so 99 is the latest one. I I don't think it's very good, but um, 94 is amazing. Which one is, nine, like, what, what are some of the things in 94? That's the one that starts out, the first segment is the news, like, the TV journalist who goes into the sewer to find the rat man. Um, oh, yeah, It's extremely funny. Yeah. Uh, and also the one where it's the, uh, like, the 90s, like white supremacist terrorists oh, like, yeah. on the farm who yeah. have a vampire and they're using him to make bombs. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Oh man, that movie's so I yeah, that one definitely I think soars because it's so funny. Like it is extremely funny. And like the first VHS is I think legitimately scary. Yeah, it was good. Like, like there's some bangers in there. There is one extremely scary uh sequence in the new one. Hey, let's take a break, everybody. Here we go. We're chugging through. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the Beer Break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Play 
KRC Pro-Am. Play with power. Pull up to the start. Taste the challenge. The power of radio control. If you can't take it, you'll need dust. Radio Control Pro-Am only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. All right, let's get back to yeah, the guys. Okay. Hey, we're here. Right, we're the, back. We're at the good part. The Super Mario Adventures uh, comic book. This comic rules. Starring Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh, man. I wish. I know they're not going to do it, but if that Chris Pat, Pratt movie matches the kind of tone of this comic, I would be so excited. For the, and I, I'm going to say, I think that movie is going to be good. I genuinely think that movie, the new Mario movie, is going to be a good stuff. I mean, sure it's, it's going to uh, be good. And it, is it DreamWorks? This is the studio that's doing it? Who's the, I don't know. It's, it's the studio. They, they've done a ton of stuff. I have every confidence that the people making it are like they know what they're doing. Well, it's also rumored to have like a musical element to it. Yeah, uh, and, and Jack Black is Bowser. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, 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 if you were talking about being in the tone of this comic that we've been reading, this this comic book, this crazy thing about this comic is they constantly start with musical numbers in yeah. a comic book. I don't think this issue does it, but like they're on tone. Like that's the right energy. I think I just I need Peach to be a just amped up, always at an eleven, like just <laughs> relentlessly intense character yeah. she's so fun she's wild uh Bo, when you read this magazine for the uh podcast did you, how how in depth did you read this comic did you um not not it? in depth i yeah. kind of breezed by you breezed by it okay um do is there a reason princess peach is dressed as luigi yeah that's the thing is like uh i was, I was curious serialized you, you gotta read it yeah like yeah. i figured you'd be super confused because yeah it's been following like a story um, yeah, she had to. She and Luigi switch places so that Luigi can go get fake captured <laughs> as her. Yeah, you just. Oh, yeah. So he's wearing the dress. Yeah. Yep. yep. How yeah. how progressive for its time. <laughs> I mean, it honestly it's, is because they're like. Uh, they're oh yeah, even, there it is. They're not even like poking too much. They're not really like doing like shitty jokes about how it's weird. Like he just did that, and right? That's it was like a move. Honestly, I didn't even notice. I thought this was Mario Peach. did compliment him. He's like, you look good in pink. And you know, he does yeah, just like I Peach looks good in overalls. Everyone's a winner here. I honestly, I like, I like Peach dressed as Luigi. It, it awakens something in me. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of does something <laughs> for me too. <laughs> All right. You too. So, All right. So, uh, yeah, the, in the last one, they snuck into the, castle where the koopa kids were by posing as pizza delivery and then so peach <laughs> pops out of this giant stack of pizza boxes uh with a ton of bombs and floyd the uh, door-to-door salesman is there too for some reason and uh she she does the first of many of the same threat which is like basically i'm going to light all these bombs and kill us all yeah like because because uh yeah in the previous ones peach is just crazy. she's just she has like intense she's just kind of like a warrior energy and she's destroying stuff and her her sir she has definitely gotten toads killed <laughs> in the pursuit of whatever goal or survival she's had. Yeah. To, like, and it was fun in this one. Uh like she says she's gonna blow shit up and uh immediately like one of the little Koopa kids was like, Hey, I don't think you're gonna do it. And I my immediate thought was like, dude, don't don't call that bluff. Like she's gonna for sure fucking do that. It's interesting <laughs> Princess Peach is pulling a Princess Leia in Java's Palace. Hey, hey, hey. Yep. Yeah, so uh the, the Koopa kids are I mean, they're on their the back the back foot like pretty much the whole time in this comic because you know she immediately threatens to to blow them all up and they're all just like panicking because there's two of her and then of course Luigi pulls off his uh, flu mask and is like womp womp uh, it's me yeah and he uh, jumps and uh, bonks his head on the ceiling 
Yeah. Well, well uh, this was the uh, the nerdiest I've ever felt. I was like, oh, a reference to the fact that Luigi jumps higher than the other characters in Mario. Ooh. Oh my God, you uh, totally called it. And uh, uh, I definitely felt so. I felt like, ah, that, I might be a little too far into this whole video game thing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> now, th- this is. This attention to detail has been good because you also caught during that wedding dream sequence in the a la- uh, couple issues back that Mario is standing on a question block, so he and Peach are the same height. There's a little secret in every panel. So good. There's a little every like they there's there's a lot of attention to detail in this comic, which I I like. She yeah you, you pointed this out, Brett, but like she's threatening to um, light the bomb the whole time, and uh, Wendy Koopa is like, oh come on, we're all gonna die if you do that. And uh, appears to have called her bluff. And then there's a bunch of comic hijinks as they try to get a hold of the keys to Mario's cell. Yeah, that um, the toad who had a fake afro on as his disguise dives to catch the key and the afro flies off. And now he doesn't have an afro anymore. Yeah, what happens to that afro? That's, That's what I, there's a pink, a, it's kind of magenta looking in this one. It's a very specific shade of reddish. Pink. I actually think this comic does a really good job of uh, telegraphing action. For a comic book, yeah, I don't know. A lot of clumps, a lot of clumps and wumps. A lot of clumps, boinks, <laughs> splat. No, curse splat. The, the, excuse me. The, <laughs> yeah, Chris, uh, Chris Pratt's like Waldo in the background. Yeah. There's a uh, yeah. So there, there's a bunch of like uh, hot potato with the keys, and Yoshi ends up with them. There's this great panel where Yoshi like is running through and escapes all the Koopa kids and passes the keys to Luigi so he can go to Mario. Blah blah blah. Floyd is uh, trying to sell the Koopa kids me- crisis kits, <laughs> some kind of medical thing that he has He has in his little suitcase. And then uh, Win- Wendy Koopa seems to be the confident one here, too. She, is, she figures out that Yoshi can be tripped and uh, manages to trap everybody under a bunch of thwomps or whatever. I have a uh-huh. couple yeah. questions. Yeah, Why up? is Yoshi wearing a hat? Is, he, is that his disguise his as well? Disguise, yeah. His pizza yeah. delivery disguise. Oh, that's right. It's not Yoshi. It's a pizza guy. <laughs> and 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 who is this guy you said who's trying to sell them something? So he, he's a yeah, unique he's, character to the comic. <laughs> he's just a dart dart salesman. Yeah, he, he's just around. <laughs> he looks like nothing in this universe. No. He's great. No. He's a yeah. totally random. He, he was, he's like an exposition character who just they keep pulling him into like these adventures. His name's Friendly Floyd. All right. Uh, I, I like him. I, I, when's I, he going to be in Smash Brothers? <laughs> yeah, fr- put Floyd in Honestly, Smash. Honestly, I, I, he might have a trophy. Really? He probably ones. does. Uh, that'd be great. I oh hope my so. God. Do you think they... Oh. Anyways, so while they're trapped, Peach again threatens to light the bomb, and Wendy's like, you're not going to do that. And at, at first I was like, again? And this felt like... And this happens in movies and TV where the character just does the same threat over and over and starts to feel really hollow. <laughs> But she gets Wendy to believe that she's serious about killing them all. And I mean, Wendy starts is. to panic, which is Peach, so awesome. Peach is a loose fucking cannon. She would totally kill everyone here. Didn't she, care. She's like, my sacrifice will be worth it. And as always, good will triumph over cruel Koopadom. And yeah, Wendy's like tears streaking out of her eyes. Like She's like, you're crazy. I, I do want to say one other fun bit that I like that uh, the little Koopa Wendy's doing is she keeps pulling different ropes and like they're all different traps oh that's great like, it's yeah. fun to have one in the movie where you press it and people fall but she's got three and like the idea that you keep pulling different ones and different traps happen is like a really fun like yeah. that's a genuinely fun bit to me they also i i love uh they end up in a yeah they end up in a trap door where there's a bunch of resnors and uh, i think they look great that's one of my favorite like mini boss things from super mario world the the rhinos on the spinning wheel yeah uh, yeah, and then it ends with her bomb getting lit by their fireballs, and I guess they all die. 
Yeah, she brutally kills them all. <laughs> yeah, because the whole tower, like the base of the tower goes up in a massive explosion. It's like to be continued. And it's like, I don't, is it? I'm not sure. A little trend of giant explosions in these comics. Yeah, that's actually interesting. Both these comics ended in uh, uh, bombs slash grenades. Slash like a massive explosion that kills everything. Blowing up an entire building, yeah. Except the good guys. Yeah, it's really fortunate the good guys keep yeah, surviving yeah. these huge explosions. Did, did friendly Fred survive? What's his <laughs> yeah. name? That would be funny if they... I don't see him. They start, they start, <laughs> he's just gone and they God. never talk about it. I would be so mad if they just start this next panel. The next panel is him just start his grave. Mourning right? over his death. <laughs> they've got Yeah, they got his little shrine set up with a picture yeah. of him wreathed in like little vines. All right. This comic's awesome. It's, I love the art. Yeah, dude. It's very emotive. I love the the person who drew the art. I believe also voices Princess Peach. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Uh, she was the translator. Oh. She did the English translation. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay, I messed we, that up. We looked her up in a previous one. Yeah, you're right. The artist but. for this, he's like a, a manga artist um, who unfortunately passed away in like the late '90s. Mm. But um, I really got to check out his other stuff because this is this is good comedy. Yeah, I like it's it. Very slapsticky. Very heightened. Yeah. You know, now that the we're at counselor's corner, and now that the counselor pictures are missing no. the uh, like the red background, um, I kind of wish the red was back. I wish I wish the magazine was worse still. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's gotten better, but it's, it's missed some of its charm. Uh, Bo, did you have did you have uh, history with the gameplay counselors? Like, do you know what that was? Did you like ever call the hotline? I want to say I did call yeah. some hotline. Oh at, hell yeah! At some point, um, or. I, that's what I remember, unless I'm just remembering wanting to call the hotline. But <laughs> I've never just needed looking, help. I figured phone. it all out by myself. Yeah, you had the codes. Yeah. Like, ah, why would I call these people? Yeah, or I just cheated codes. with Game Genie or something. Yeah, I was an idiot. I had to call him one time. It's very tempting as a child. You know what it was? I think it was long distance because they didn't. They don't have an 800 number here, do they? No, it's it's a 206 number. So back in the day, calling Washington State from. What do you think would happen if we called that number right now? Well, we're about to find hey, out. Hey, all right. <laughs> oh man, um, uh, is this, is I wish I wish the f- phone man. was it's like up. I'm not a gameplay yeah. counselor. <laughs> yeah. For the last time. <laughs> Here, I'll just hold this up to speak. If it's, someone answers, just ask him the where. The number you've dialed is not in service. Ah. Uh, check the number and dial again. That was a disappointment. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's hoping to be someone at least. Yeah, like do they not recycle phone numbers? Like, yeah, what the hell? Retire it? Is it is it gone forever? No, they definitely do. So I'm surprised it's not like a new number. I wonder if they retired it on purpose because it was like a high profile. Right. I'm just surprised. Like, wh- how do I get in touch with Nintendo now? Like, if I can't call their gameplay counselor number. Do you think anyone like called asking for a job? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they probably told them to fuck off. They only <laughs> hire people in Seattle. <laughs> do you, uh, on the on the first page of Counselor's Corner, that that little circle, that illustrated face. That's, Why do I know that so well? That's Nestor. I remember that. <laughs> I remember those comics now. Yeah. That yeah. little worm eater. We'll meet him soon. Yeah, yeah. I remember that guy for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm very glad. I mean, that makes sense. I feel like Nestor will vary into your brain like a parasite, yeah. but not be member. Like, you don't know he's there. He's just sitting and yeah. hibernating, growing stronger <laughs> for years. Hey, we got another technology update where they're uh, they're talking about digitizing actual photos for use in video games, and it is a completely new concept in 1992. 
I thought this was actually like I like I like I don't know. Whenever you see those digitized photos, like it, I mean, I didn't play a ton of these games. But if I'm playing like a golf game and suddenly, you know, there's a photo of some trees, I never really thought about it. Someone's job was to go find yeah. these trees and take pictures. Like the first thing they literally had like a person from the video game company going to the Caribbean to take Caribbean photos for some fucking game. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And they're doing the photos on film. And I guess in the '90s they did have scanner technology. Um, by the time I bought a scanner at like Best Buy in like 2001 or whatever, you, you could actually get a real scanner that would scan in, you know, like a consumer electronic thing. Right. I have to assume the scanner is really expensive. <laughs> yeah. And way worse than what we'd get like 10 years later. I mean, do you think it scans like, um, and another fun thing they mentioned in this article is apparently like just one, those pictures just eat up the fucking memory on the game. I'm like, sure. It oh yeah. It eats it up. That, that gets back to, I mean, cause back in the day, I don't even think they had JPEGs at this point, like not JPEG twos and threes, like the more modern compressed image technology, um, so, which means you were using a, a bitmap and a bitmap is literally just like, all right, there's a million pixels in this image, pixel one. Red value two hundred, green value twenty, blue value ten. Yeah, pixel Next two. Pixel. It's just massive, massive. Yeah, I remember we inherited a two eighty six from I think my dad's friend, and I, I went into it and learned DOS so I could go noodle around in this thing. This is in the nineties, and I found a program that was just <laughs> pictures of hot ladies in lingerie nice. that would load very slowly. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So it's like. Nah. Because each picture was, you know, relatively huge for the time. Big hair. Big hair on those ladies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Parents not happy <laughs> that made it into the computer. When did original Mortal Kombat come out? Because that's basically all Mortal Kombat is, right? I think we're not super far. We haven't done it, it yet, have we? I don't think it's popped up yet. But it might be in arcades at this point. It's, that's true. It hits very shortly after Street Fighter, so it's it's real close. Yeah, and uh, because that's all like scanned in photos, right? Yeah, and it's weird thinking of like some of those games. Like they even mentioned, there's this basketball game they're playing where like even the basketball like is a picture of a basketball. Like the basketball in the game that they're using, and they just like move it around. It's literally like a basketball photo that they took pictures of. It's weird to think of like using multiple assets for that. Like yeah, and having like meshing them all together. Yeah, like in this weird. It's not just that, because this, this game is NCAA basketball, and it uses mode 7 for the basketball court, and your view is kind of third person over, like, behind the back of a character. Like, you can see the whole character is on the screen, but, like, when you pass the ball to somebody and you're controlling them, you're kind of looking where they are. And they say in this article, they're literally like, the way we do this is each character has, like, X frames of animation that are based on photos and the other characters, they're not in 3D space. This is all faked. It's like oil, you know, pole position in old racing games where it's like, we're just saying this sprite should be here, this sprite should be here, this sprite should be here to approximate 3D, and we'll just put the cord under them with more mode seven. So it's it's just a pile of still images. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. I mean, for the time it looks all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't I never played NCAA basketball, I don't think so, but Neither have I. I just thought that explanation yeah, just, was interesting. It is. So like, what's that one basketball game where everyone has the big heads? It's like Hang Time or Hoop? Oh, NBA Jam? NBA Jam. That's, that's the only basketball that's game it. I've played, played. It's a boomer, boomer yeah, basketball game. Boomer basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, so 
I, I probably the game I was most excited to see here was Out of This World because I love Out of This World. Well, it's cool too because like I uh, they use the technology, but they're like adding like weird filters to it to make it look really. I mean, this game looks really modern. Uh, I don't know if it plays well, but like it it looks like a new game. It looks like an indie game. That yeah, it does. Now. It does. It's it's a little janky. So Out of This World kind of follows in the footsteps of was it Jordan Mechner who did Prince of Persia and Karataka, where. It's literally video footage that they're just painting basically character cells over. And it's like rotoscoping. And uh, it allowed them to do, even on a Super Nintendo, basically full motion video cutscenes. Because instead of that bitmap, you know, pixel one, red value, green yeah. it, it's way more abstract. And uh, yeah, so this was a French company called Delphine Software. And they did this game. They did a game called Flashback. And uh, I love them all. They're, they're all really cool, really cinematic games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to, like, this game is one of the ones, like, I feel like in general, this has always kind of been true. It's like whenever a game's whole thing is like, check out these new graphics. Like, these graphics look so, like, it's so close to real life at this point. Mm -hmm. They never really hold up that well. Like, even if, like, if you look at, like, a PS3 game where that's whole identity was, like, look how good these graphics are. Yeah. They look really bad. And, like, this is a lot, a lot of what these pictures are where it's like, look it, it's like a real person in pixelized form. It looks terrible looks so bad but a game like this where they actually have like an art aesthetic to right. it it's now now it holds up because art is timeless <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is yeah kinda. well well said and it's I'm, the it's the thing where like 2d animation like you can go watch sleeping beauty uh the disney movie which was made was the 1950s when that one came out so that movie is 70 years old and you put it up next to like the first toy story or something or the uh the stained glass CG night from the young Sherlock Holmes adventures, uh, which was like one of the first CG things ever used in TV. And it's like, I mean, Sleeping Beauty looks amazing. Yeah, and that was you like know? literally like their first feature animated film or something, like one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah I, it was one of the first, uh, it's like their fifth one, fourth one, because they did Dumbo in there. Anyways, we don't we don't got to go down the, <laughs> I mean, I, listen I, to my animation I, history I, podcast yeah. for was, the deep dive there. I've been rewatching the Studio Ghibli movies, and I would watch one and be like, wait, that came out in 1970? Like, oh, yeah. There are moments where I'm like, holy shit, that, it's that old? I, did, I had no clue. As part of your Ghibli rewatch, did you watch Castle of Cagliostro? Is that Castle in the Sky or is no 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 is the uh, the Lupi in the third movie is Miyazaki's first directing gig? Uh, no, I've not seen that one. Yet. You gotta watch that movie, dude. They're all they're all good. Yeah, they are. That movie's amazing. Lupin third is close to my heart. Great, great character. It's where yeah. Cowboy Bebop came from. Oh really? Hell yeah! Spike Spiegel is just Lupin. That's fucking sick. Anyways, you yeah. wrap, wrap this up with a, a digital picture of Vanna White. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and also like General Schwarzkopf from the first Gulf War. <laughs> yeah, is that what is is that what that is? <laughs> the model for this image came from an actual Gulf War briefing, but the programmers altered the image. That's honestly, that's kind of dark. Yeah, really. Because that that's like, I mean, you know, thanks to the internet, I just saw a video of uh, vintage airplanes colliding in midair in Texas, and it just happened today. It was real. And it's like, people died in that video. Like, the pilot of the yeah. fighter, 100%, yeah. no way. That guy's yeah. vaporized. Yeah. And it's like, putting that in a video game, it's like, that's kind of fucked up. That is a little, yeah, honestly. That's why they have Vanna White to soften it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the whole, and the Hulkster. Well, a little Hulkster. sweet, a little sour. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Magic Sword's good. This game's awesome. Yeah? You guys ever play this? I don't remember. No. It's a it's a Capcom arcade game that's also on SNES, and it's just, it's really fun. 
you got kind of RPG light stuff where you get to pick a companion by letting him out of a prison, and they all do different. They like, shoot, is it like kind of like a Pokemon scenario where they have like three prisoners, and it's like which prisoner do you want? Um, it's it's not that involved because you're swapping them out constantly. Because there's like, uh, okay, there are levels, but it's like each individual level is like side scrolling, <laughs> and it's got all these environments, and it's very shooty. <laughs> that could be fun if a Pokemon game started with the three options being in just cages. Yeah, <laughs> All right, and you just have to cut the throats of the two. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in like a minute game with a weak wee motion control. Yeah, it's like a cow's <laughs> or you have to hold them underwater as you, as they drown, and you feel the struggle. <laughs> and you're playing like a beat mini like, game to it. It's like the guy that made Papers Please and Return of the Obra Dinn would make a Pokemon game like that. Where it's like, wow, you picked your Pokemon. Don't forget to drown the other two. <laughs> I mean, I'd love if the rest of the game was just a normal fucking Pokemon yeah, game. That's it. <laughs> you're just. It's never talked about again. Uh, there's occasional... Oak just, Oak, Professor Oak is just gone. <laughs> there's a, At the midpoint of the game, you have a dream where one of the Pokemon you drowned is like, do you still think about me? Please don't forget me. I hope you win yeah. your stupid little contest. You have dealing with your night terrors, nightmares mini games. <laughs> Man, Magic Sword doesn't have any of that shit. No, it's, right. it's just, a, <laughs> that's, that's kinda, it's just a fun, fighty, shooting game. Just good, wholesome fun, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's like RPG-esque little trappings where you like level up and stuff. It seems like a game I would love, especially when I was young. Dude, let's play Magic Sword right now. Did you like Castlevania? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love like, what do they call them now? Metroidvanias? Metroidvanias, yeah. yeah. One, of, one of my favorite genres. Yeah. Did you like Metroid? Oh, yeah. 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 I gotta get... Did you play Dread? The new one? On the Switch? No. Oh, no. Metroid Dread is so good. Is it? It's very... They did a lot to update how it feels. So it's like, did you ever play... There was a fan remake of Metroid 2, another Metroid 2 remake, that Nintendo shut down online, but you can totally find it if you just do a couple of Google searches. Um, Look around a little That bit. one feels like Metroid Fusion or Zero Mission or Super Metroid. This one feels like they're trying to evolve it. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. You like feel like you're a badass robot. You like you feel like a badass when you play. like it really like I feel like maybe like as a kid playing Super Metroid you might, you, you're doing that all in your head, right? You're like on this badass right. like robot right. person going through, but in Dread you're like I'm the fucking like just the way you move it, and like just it, fuck shit up. Samus is a savage murderer in that game. <laughs> yeah. They made like, a fucking They had like a first person Metroid, didn't they? Uh, yeah, the Prime the series. Yeah. yeah. That shit. That game's great. That's like one of the. That game's fucking awesome. Retro Studios. Those those games. I've never finished the Prime games. I was like a Metroid 2D purist, much like I was a Zelda 2D purist for a long time. I've heard Prime is like one of the worst working condition. Like it was like 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 a lot of old games. Honestly, a lot of the best ones. Like I probably sat all the time, but that was like one of the ones where everyone who worked there did not see their families for that, <laughs> that whole fucking game. Dude, that stuff sucks, and yeah. it's so normal. Like yeah. they they gotta. There's like little glimmers of hope that the games industry is starting to treat the people that work there better, but it really is. It's like, imagine the brutality of making film and television, except there's no unions. Yeah. So it's like, they can just grind you into Do dust. whatever they want. Yeah, dude, it sounds rough. I remember a dude who produces games uh, that I knew in Berlin told me after Last of Us came out, this is about 10 years ago that I was there. He's like, by the way, the turnover at Naughty Dog after they crank out an Uncharted or Last of Us game, it's like 90%. Like, I don't know how true that is, but like, if you're, because yeah. the, the key creatives tend to stay, like Druckmann and them are still there, but apparently, like, the attrition is really high because making one of those games is just grueling. 
Yeah, well, that's um, I know with Metroid Prime One and two, one and two are like really beloved games. They're both really good. But apparently, two was like we kind of fucked up with the working conditions here, and they really treated the people really well, and they really oh, tried good. to like make do. And it was nice to see them make an equally good game under better conditions. Right, but it'd be funny if it's just like a way worse game. <laughs> <laughs> they're not cracking the whip anymore. Everyone slacks off. Two, two has a reputation like, for being really good, yeah. fortunately. Uh, two is like, it's like 2D now because they just didn't put the yeah. <laughs> It's like that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like always like this thing where I'm like, you know, as people who care about like workers, you want the answer to be that the game's going to still be equally good yeah. if they treat them right, right? That's, that's it's the classic. Yeah, like, yeah. the end doesn't justify the means. It but come on. Like yeah. you said, it, like, things are getting better, right? Like, Blizzard got screwed for all that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Acta Blizzard got yeah. put in the, in the oven, and they deserve it. Yeah. Like, they were so shitty for it. Riot went through their phase. I had a buddy that worked at Riot as a programmer, and, man, he was so bewildered. Uh, a lot of that was the Me Too stuff, too. He was just like, I didn't, I didn't see them do any of this stuff. Uh, All right, we're here at the centerfold. Uh, so the centerfold poster is Wings Two Aces High. Yet another game that I was like weirdly fascinated by. That's not that good. It was all right. It's like a World War One dogfighting airplane I, game. I do like. I'm not. I, I'm not much of a war movie person or like aesthetic, but something about like World War like the kind of like old like technology is kind of still a little janky. Right. I like mm -hmm. that aesthetic a lot. I remember finding, was it Where Eagles Dare, the uh, Clint Eastwood movie that's basically just Wolfenstein 3D? Oh, yeah? Yeah, there, there's like a... Uh, there's a movie where Clint Eastwood just killing Nazis? Dude, yeah, he, and he's, in a <laughs> he's in a castle, and it, so it's like Castle Wolfenstein, right. and it's like very much, you know, it's like finding uh, that XCOM UFO defense is based on a TV show. It was like, it was? Yeah, Jerry Anderson. Like... There's a there's a show called UFO where it's like the secret organization fighting aliens, and that's where XCOM came from. Oh, really? That's like one of my favorite like game series of all time is XCOM. Oh, brother! Now we're friends. Yeah, we weren't before, but now we are. <laughs> oh, I've seen the spark flying. <laughs> I how close yeah. have you come to getting like an XCOM organization tattoo? Like the Vig Vigolo Confido. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, so. Oh, okay. really? But if I if I did. If I was a tattoo guy, I'd yeah, really consider it. Yeah. I've seriously considered it. I'd have Pete trust as Luigi. You know what? I respect that. <laughs> I don't think that would be a fun That'd be tattoo. a really good tattoo. Yeah. Holding, yeah. holding the bomb. That would genuinely be a cool tattoo. Oh, man. Uh, Fuck. Man, if I get a tattoo, that's probably going to be it. I'm all, dude, Weston, you have a tattoo, right? I have two tattoos. Two tattoos. I got, I got Berlin Fox on one arm. It's a fox that's 27-year-old that lives in <laughs> Berlin. And the other one is like an old logo I designed. Hell at yeah. a time of great distress. Uh, but yeah, my third <laughs> tattoo, XCOM logo. Nice. <laughs> have they, are they making XCOM games anymore? Is that like... Uh, what's the latest? Down? They did three... They, so they did the 2012 XCOM, and then they did XCOM 2, which was pretty... Both those games are awesome, uh, especially with the DLC. And then they did that weird standalone game, and I think... Oh, was that who, the one that was like kind of designed to have like quicker playthroughs? Yeah, and it had like this the standard characters where it was like you're you're a special police unit basically, yeah. like dealing with crime after the alien invasion has been sorted. So it's like <laughs> humans and aliens working together to stop, you know, rogue elements. You're just like you're you just run a market. 
Yeah, that's it. We make sandwiches for the. <laughs> my so my favorite thing about XCOM is the base invasions. Yeah, because you never see it coming. Yeah. And it's terrifying to suddenly because you're building like SimCity style, like this in this grid. I'm putting this stuff, and then all of a sudden, aliens land a ship there, and you've got to fight in the and the base whole level you built. layout oh. is your base. Yeah, that's the '90s oh, XCOM. Yeah, right. Apocalypse. It's, remember that one? Oh, yeah, XCOM Apocalypse. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I didn't play it very much. Yeah. That was the one like you go into like portals, go into the alien world. Oh, yes. It was cool. That was so, a PC. I don't know if it was on console. But that's why my, my older brother was like really into the strategy games. Yeah. Uh, I was less so. Yeah, that game. XCOM 2, my favorite thing about the new, the new XCOM 2 is their conceit was you lost the base invasion in the 2012 XCOM, and that's how XCOM 2 starts, where you get captured and they rescue you, but the aliens have already won. And I thought that was so fun. That's cool. That's like a good in-universe. Like that shows they respect the brand. One of yeah. the, the best things about XCOM is like, you know, you have your favorites on your squad and they yeah. level up and they get real good. And you're like, this guy's my favorite. <laughs> and and then it's he, named after your friend or family yeah. member. And then he just walks around a corner and gets shot in the head and dies. And you're like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then you're like genuinely like upset about it. I, I, yep. I That is one of my favorite tropes in games, which is I, I should play an XCOM game because I'd probably really like it. But I love... Uh, that kind of like masochist, like you, you're like you name your characters, yeah. and like you grow attachments to them, and then they're fucking right. Gone. If you're like playing yep. it, like you know, not saving every two seconds and going back if someone yeah. dies, which is tempting. But like, I, ha- I'm a game, safe scum yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm, if I'm bad has about that. Mechanic, I, I, I force myself to let the person die. Like I, I want to go through right because that that's like a, there's a lot more at stake. Yeah, you know? it would get to. <laughs> so the first time I ever played. 1990s XCOM was on a PlayStation at my friend's house, and I spent all this time naming my squad after my friends and getting them all <laughs> equipped and setting up my base. And we got on our first mission, and I take my friend Michael, who I've known since I was five, and I put him in partial cover behind a fence, and he gets shot in the head and dies on the first turn. I would do I, that's, this. I, I, and that would happen for me because I would do that with games where I would like make. People based off like family members. I, as a kid, I don't know. If, I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, Ricky just fucking died, man. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oregon Trail. That's all we did as kids. Oh yeah. It's like, big. Oh, Mike died of you know tuberculosis or whatever. It was. <laughs> what an do, idiot. Do you guys? Do you guys see? There's a new Oregon Trail coming out that actually looks really good. No, is it yeah. going to be like super involved? Uh, that super needs to be seen. Involved. Like really, like crazy simulation you know like. <laughs> i don't yeah they're not doing like the system shock version or you know um i don't think they're going to that length it looks like they're just trying to update it the art style looks like they're trying to appeal to both fans and also potentially new people because it's got a slightly retro aesthetic but it's not really chunky right and educational <laughs> it doesn't look like a boring game is what i'm saying i'm jealous i never got that as like the assignment at school to play oregon trail play like, number that's, munchers that's, that's so fun yeah it was great i remember yeah. like pc day or whatever like the pc lab yeah Oregon trail hell yeah oh man street fighter 2 uh, i just want to say again um guy looks so young yeah, no, keep that in he, looks, he's just he's, he's just a boy he's, he's such a ch- and he looks like a dweeb yeah, he looks like he went into the service because um, he was a bully in school and wasn't sure what to do after. <laughs> yeah. His, his slogan is, watch the hair, man. Yeah, he's obsessed with his ridiculous hair. Uh, he does a kick where he does a big circle with his foot. Have either of you ever made a bold like haircut choice before? Like, have you ever like, gone like really bold, like mohawk or... I mean, after film school, I just shaved my head. Yeah. Oh, I guess that counts as a bold. Move. It was a long series of friends' parents being like, oh... 
Actually, it looks okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was like a bit of an adjustment. Bo, you ever do any hair? I mean, the boldest thing I do is like when I don't cut it for a while and it's like really bushy and curly and froey. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, I do respect that you can uh, have a mustache and it looks okay. I can't do that. Really? Thank you. Yeah, it is. Honestly, uh, yeah, you pull it off. I've had it for a long time now. It's worked out well. It used to work out well. But. It's tough for me because like I've gotten, like I've tried to grow facial hair and, um, I've gotten compliments, but I'm so insecure. If one person says it's bad, I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, which is on me. I gotta learn. I gotta learn how to grow some skin. I can't really grow like a beard. Beard, it's like too patchy. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. My mustache is my strong suit. I like, look at us just complimenting each other. <laughs> <laughs> each of us is strong at one thing, yeah. but weak at other things. And together, we can <laughs> the we can together sure. our yeah. XCOM squad. <laughs> I don't even know what there is to say about Street Fighter 2 that hasn't been said to death because this is such a legendary game. It, it is interesting that this is the first time they're <laughs> yeah, talking about Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, as you said that, my one note for Street Fighter 2 is yawn. <laughs> All right. It is interesting, though. Like, <laughs> sorry, that's... I think like you're just about to say like this is the first time they're introducing people to these like iconic characters. Yeah, you know? where it's yeah. like, I remember most of the special moves in this game. Right. And I'm not even a huge fighting Same. game nerd. Yeah, Same. It, it is that weird thing where it kind of feels like the first like generation of Pokemon, where it's like the, the, the first batch of them feels so iconic. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, you know? this is Pikachu. This is yeah. Charmander. This is Bulbasaur. Well, like, I'm is... sure they've added so many characters, but I remember... When I think of Street Fighter, I think of these Wait, characters. Chun Li's supposed to be the world's strongest woman. Yeah, uh, that was her old. That was her slogan, right, for a long time. Is that verified, or is that Chinese propaganda? <laughs> I mean, I feel like in Street Fighter lore, it's well known that Chun Li rules. Yeah, like, she, I didn't know she's she was one of the strongest woman in the entire world. Cammy <laughs> would like to have a yeah. word. Yeah, the, the American ones are a lot more like goofy it's like what's the hair man and then yeah. china's like the best yeah and that's why china's gonna be ahead one day <laughs> we keep worrying about our hair um ryu looks ryu's headshot makes him look deeply self-conscious yeah he looks some, yeah something looks wrong with him he's like kind of looking to the side his face is puffed up like somebody just made a comment about how he's too short or something i and wonder he's if like, the reason why these characters are iconic is they got a couple drafts they got a, like they went through a couple of different rewrites, right? I, I suppose. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, they got that advantage. I couldn't tell you anything about Street Fighter One. Like even Pikachu went through a lot of drafts. Like the first Pikachu looks a lot different than the Pikachu we know. Yeah. So yeah. Like, the starters get it. They get a little bit of a head start, right? Yeah. It's not and fair. Let's not uh, leave out my favorite kind of Pikachu, which is knockoff brand, you know, off-brand Pikachu. You know, like a stuffed animal yeah, made I was in Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Cursed Pikachus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, these guys have I mean, so many they what, they're up to Street Fighter Six now was the one they just announced a few months back. But they also like there's six Street Fighters, there's also ten Street Fighter twos. Yeah. Right? Yep. Turbo edition, all this <laughs> Yeah, there's like there's hacked editions, there's the turbo one, they they add in um Hyper Fighting, Super Street Fighter 2, uh, where they add new characters. There's the versions. I think Turbo was the one where they add in the boss characters as playable, yeah. which they're not in this one, which is crazy. It's always crazy to know, like, this is kind of a new thing and like people are discovering, but there's a lot of games where you can type in codes to play as, like, the bosses. Right. Uh, like, that just happened with Super Punch-Out!, that that one was crazy because yeah. it's like one of the longest running. Like they never discovered that secret for oh, decades. Yeah. You can type like a password into Super Punch Out, and then you can plug in a second controller and control the 
villain while the other person plays as little mac or the the fighter it's so cool in smash brothers melee you can type in a code and a player can play as the master hand like it's like all these weird things yeah that's cool it is really cool i am 85 percent certain that there is no cheat code in the original street fighter 2 to unlock the boss characters i think you're just screwed well i don't think it's a i think it's like a lost debug like i I feel like the developers would want to be able to just control the boss as a player Mm -hmm. just for their own like right yeah, for their for the for themselves, like be like, okay, this is what makes sense for the. Even though it was never intended to be a feature, or yeah. whatever. It's I don't so, so how come some some of the players in these little profiles have like catchphrases, and others it's like Dalzim Yoga Master, like that's his catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. uh, he's a yoga master. Ryu, a very well-rounded fighter. <laughs> yeah, how come Guile's the only one with a catchphrase? <laughs> Watch the hair man. Yeah, it really is. There's it's not a very consistent. Yeah, they're, they're not, nobody's like. Guile loves arcs. <laughs> Everything he does is circle-based. Yeah. Get ready. Also, he can do that vertical kick where he just kind of spins himself in the air and kicks straight up. Yeah. yeah literally, it's, yeah, Guile's the kind of the outlier. Well, Vega yeah. kind, of the, the kind of vanity and pain. Like, that's okay. somewhat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And Balrog. I forgot about Balrog. Isn't that the name of the big fire demon that, like, kills? Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. It does. Shadow and flame. <laughs> the, the same kind of angelic class of creature as the... Uh, Oh, what's the name for the wizards? Like Gandalf, um, wizard. Everyone chat. No, they're not human. Is the thing they kind of tuck it into the background of like the movies and the show. But oh, like, I'm not super into the lore. Did you watch the Amazon show? I did. I really liked it. So the shooting star guy. Spoiler alert. No, don't. Oh God. Oh, oh shit. No, you're good. Uh, Whatever. Just say. Is it. he supposed to be like the first wizard or something? Um, we don't know yet. I think the wizards predate. That the first war against what's his face, not Sauron, the but the guy, other guy. That, yeah, yeah, because the other guy is like a fallen angel, is like Lucifer in the Bible, right? And then Sauron is like his buddy. I just realized Lord of the Rings is something I love that I do not care about. I'm very sensitive to spoilers. I do not care with Lord of the Rings. Okay, but, well, 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 the necklace he wore was actually the ring in the neck. Like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Rings of the Rings of Power show kind of captures that kind of wholesome vibe of the movies. And I, I, I don't know what it is about Rings of Power. Rings of Power is like this show that a lot of people didn't like that everyone I know likes. It's Every, it's good. Everyone I've talked to really likes it. Yet I know that like critically, it's like doing middle. It really, of the road. I don't know. People are hating on it because it's like, it's not like House of the Dragon, but it's like fundamentally different types of yeah, stories. Yeah, it like it's supposed to be like a softer. They can like, both exist, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, like Lord of the Rings has always been about like the temptations of evil and like the power of friendship and like kind of that wholesome. And, you know, it's like that one part comedy, one part horror, one part fantasy adventure. Yeah, I mean, Lord of the Rings, like watching the original ones, uh, and I, I read the books, they're a little boring, but yeah, I read them. Not. Uh, and it is literally just, I, 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 more than anything else, it just makes me, whenever I'm like emotional by it, it's just me like almost crying being like, hobbits are so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> ring, I think it's like having a good time. <laughs> That was a, I mean, if we're going to spoil Rings of Power, I'll, I'll just say like, uh, that's what I love about watching the falling star guy um, as he kind of comes to his senses is he becomes more and more of the, he's got that wizard vibe. Yeah. And he, so he has that kind of charming, whimsical, like 
I don't know, let's go this way. Yeah. Like energy that Gandalf had. And that just made me really happy to watch that kind of flourish towards the end of the series. It's really cool. And then he becomes buddies with the Hobbit precursors or yep. whatever they are. The, the feet people. They're yeah. not hobbits yet. They're not they're hobbits like, yet, but they, oh, they're like the ancestors of hobbits because they have some of the same family lines and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're like roaming cool. foragers. Yeah. Fuck, I want to watch this thing. Yeah. If they are hobbits, they don't call them hobbits and they don't refer to themselves as hobbits. Dude, the guy that's the, um, the leader of their tribe... Uh, has the character designs in that show are just so good. You yeah. just see a character, and you're just like, the, oh man, so much texture. Yeah, I know and, what like, that guy's charm. all about. Yeah, that guy's so cool looking. Yeah. Huh? I wonder man. what it is about. Like, it's like all my friends specifically like. Lord, like, I, I wonder what that like. I think anyone who's into like, it is gonna like parallel it. it. Honestly, yeah. I don't know if the people who don't like it. I mean, it's not for everyone, I suppose. But like. I know, like, a lot of the internet, like, hated it because they're like, elves aren't black and, like, you know, all this boring stuff. It's like, shut the fuck up. It's fantasy. Like, what, what are you doing? Elves dude? aren't real. Yeah. yeah. Like, who cares? buy elves, but... The- that's, that's just saying about the, the Little Mermaid, too. Like, one of these, like, right-wing pundit guys. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. He was like, he was like, oh, actually, it wouldn't make sense that a mermaid is black because, like, they're closer to the... Uh, Water, it's like that wouldn't make sense that there's a mermaid, man. What the fuck are you talking about? When also, that led to I don't know if you did any reading about Hans Christian Andersen, but I, I got a crash course. And so, he he's the guy that wrote The Little Mermaid. Hans Christian Andersen was such a chaotic gay, like just an unhinged, weird, like The Little Mermaid is him kind of channeling that he had a childhood friend that he was always in love with, and the friend was just just a guy. And like not on board for, he he's messy. Like he's just a messy dude. He showed up at Charles Dickens's house for like two months and wouldn't leave, <laughs> to the point that when he left in the guest room, Charles Dickens carved into like the vanity. Like Hans Christian Andersen's here, and we finally got rid of him. Wow. <laughs> Do you say chaotic gay? He's a chaotic gay. That sounds like a tenth like secret Dungeons and Dragons morality yeah. thing. <laughs> Because yeah. very, very paraphrased. <laughs> there, there were like threads on Twitter where people were like, "By the way, like this is who Hans Christian Andersen that, that was." Actually, I really like that idea because right now the, the the chart is good and evil, and then chaotic and lawful, right? Right, neutral and middle. Yeah, like lawful to chaotic. Yeah, and then straight and gay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a fun. He's just like, yeah, he's, he's a very, very high drama individual where he he just, he was in love with this like childhood friend that they grew up with and like just couldn't deal with the fact that the person just might not reciprocate and just was wrote The Little Mermaid as kind of a passive aggressive note to be like, this is what you're doing to me by not reciprocating. I'm going to go disintegrate in the sea yeah. because like. Turn into sea foam. I guess it's kind of about like wanting what you can't have too. Like, uh, yeah. does, does Lana Marie die at the end of that? No. In the book. Oh, in the book. Yeah, oh. she turns into sea foam. Jesus. Fuck. Yeah. It's, it's like an old school fairy tale. Oh, was yeah. That, was like, it, was that part of like the Grimm's fairy tale thing, or? Uh, I mean, Hans Christian Andersen was doing his own stuff. Is he Dutch? I think he was Dutch. Sounds Dutch. Yeah, it's a du- it's a Dutch enterprise. That's true though. Like all these original fairy tales are so yeah. dark and messed up, and Disney's like, let's turn them into movies. <laughs> yeah, let's make them little... instead of. <laughs> oh, what if instead of turning to foam? <laughs> yeah, they fell in love. Yeah. Her life goes really well. <laughs> what if it all worked out? Yeah. Actually, we already talked about NCAA basketball. Hey, I, I want to say that having a six pack on his neck is interesting.
Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he's got back, neck, abs. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, but not only is it, it's already weird to like have the the center art piece be a person turned away from the camera. Yeah, it's it's a dude, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bald it's a dude dunking. Of the back he's dunking, of but he's about a hundred feet over the court, and, <laughs> <laughs> and his neck has a six pack. Yeah, and the hoop doesn't seem to be attached to anything. Yeah, I mean, if we're criticizing, I mean, just looking at his arm muscles. Um, <laughs> Those muscles, unnatural muscles, they don't make a lot of sense. They don't exist in real life. There's, yeah, there's a definitely. I mean, like I don't. <laughs> the arms, first of all, the muscle arrangements are different. This looks like AI generated art. Is like it what we're saying? Yeah, it, it does. does. Yeah. Because what is the side bulge like on the side of his arm? Like, what muscle is that? I, uh, like, I think it's a tricep, but triceps don't work like <laughs> they that. They don't work that way at they, all. They go like diagonally across. You know, <laughs> they they end up kind of above the elbow. Yeah, this his, is not what the, his, his triceps arms are do. Fucked up. Yeah. Definitely, you know, they had to clip out the, the hands because AI style, the hands have fingers that are growing right. fingers and there's like 11 or of there's them. there's like only three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the scariest thing that could ever happen is if this person turned around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Players pull contest. Uh, hey, for this contest, we'll give you a Super Mario pinball machine. That's all oh, right. That's pretty cool. Cool. I, I owned that machine as growing up. Wait, really? Yeah. You won the contest? <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, uh, I had that machine. It's a fine pinball machine. No fun. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Well, tell us about it. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. So we owned three pinball machines, and so but that one was the one people always went to first because it was Mario and it looked really fun, and then huh. they slowly realized it's not a great pinball it's it's, it's fun but it's, it's okay. not great yeah and then he switched to the twilight zone which is one of the fucking best pinball machines of all twilight, time twilight zone's that, a legend straight to mario realize okay that's, that's fine play a little bit of twilight zone get a real taste of real pinball yeah and then you're, then you're stuck in what was Wait. the third one uh star trek oh that one's star supposed trek to be pinball. pinball. pretty good too right yeah, yeah. That, one, that one is pretty good oh but the cool thing too is you do like win worlds so like if you were to keep it on every time you turn it off or reset it it resets which is a bummer but uh so there's like eight Mario worlds on the like back screen, you know, how okay. like, and Mario like in pinball machines was like that, that back screen. Right. So every time you're always playing to like destroy Bowser's castle. And every time you do that, you, you like complete the world and that cool. like that tracks between games. Oh, so if you were to yeah. play a new game, you might be, be on world three when you start. Right. And it's like you, um, get all the way around and then you do this like final Mario boss where you're literally like on the screen of the back, you play the Mario mini game where you like fight Bowser and like, play Oh, Mario. that's cool. Uh, and then if you win that, you're like on the credits until someone else goes around. Oh, that's which is cool. That's like I think one of the cooler parts of it. Yeah, that is really neat. Just that's... like the video game. <laughs> on which it is based. Uh, that's neat. What else do you win here? Uh, a Super Mario World jacket. That's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I was, like honestly, it's more of like an emblem that you didn't win. <laughs> yeah, usually second place, it's like we'll give you a video game. Like we'll give you a cartridge. That's uh, it's disappointing as hell. Nintendo Power jersey. Is that just a t-shirt? Yeah. Nestor, I think it, it's, With Nestor. Thir third prize is always a t-shirt of questionable quality. Yeah, yeah it's like, a, like second prize is a, probably a nice enough, t it's a nice t-shirt. Yeah. Third prize is a bad t-shirt. Yeah. Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Oh my God, we're here. It's the, the worst part of the magazine. It is, regularity. Yeah. You gave this little read during yeah. a little break. How, yeah. how are you feeling about this it? This is interesting. <laughs> Why? There's an old timey dragon salesman. <laughs> yeah. So it's a uh, Nestor. 
This this is a Dragon Strike themed Nestor comic, which is weird because Dragon Strike is not in this issue at all. It was in the last issue. It's that vertical scrolling dragon shooter. Yeah. Uh, Nestor <laughs> is buying a used dragon from a used dragon dealership. What what makes a dragon used, by the way? Uh, I, well, like maybe like you know how like in some lore like dragons soul bond with their riders. So maybe it's like they've already soul bonded once. It's yeah. Like, so the bond is a little like the bond's a little like, like loose. Yeah. It's a, God damn it. That'd be sad. Honestly, that's an <laughs> I'm idea. sorry. <laughs> uh, a dragon that's just constantly having to soul bond. <laughs> it's just so depressed. <laughs> that's, honestly, now I'm like bummed out thinking about that yeah. dragon. I just, I don't know why the salesman's dressed like it's the 1920s. <laughs> One thing I, I do like about this is the salesman is trying to talk up the used dragon <laughs> and... Uh, Nestor getting scammed by a used car dealer dealership is pretty funny to me. Uh, so yeah. Nestor's like, does he breathe fire? And the guy's like, yeah, he's a dragon, isn't he? Um, and then the dragon like breathes a little like puff of smoke. And uh, the guy's like, oh, that that's on purpose. That's a smoke screen. So I guess Nestor buys that dragon even though it sucks. Yeah, like, so does Nestor always make terrible decisions? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean not Nestor fucking is dumb. <laughs> he's 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 like mean, he's he's evil. Just he's the worst like, person uh, you could think of. He generally is. Like he's like the culmination of every like bad quality, like sucked into this like little fucking shit. <laughs> so it turns out after he buys the dragon, he's flying it high above the earth, which I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh but then he's like the dragon starts complaining and talking about all the stuff he can't do because his like throat is sore and he's tired, <laughs> and it's dangerous to fly low to the earth. <laughs> and that's just like not having it. He's like whipping. He's like, "Hey, dragon, go fuck yourself." Yeah, I spent uh, good money on you. Yeah, better, you better get my time's worth. Uh, so he takes the dragon back to return it, I guess. Um, and then the dragon, because he's irritated at Nestor, starts to burn down the dealership, <laughs> which. Honestly, I think that's amazing. The dragon. I mean, this is really a comment about the dragon. Yeah, this like is the, the dragon. dragon story. Yeah. That's why it's not the not bad, in my opinion. I mean, honestly, yeah, if, if I were to look at this comic through the point of view of either Nestor, which is, you know, what you would think, versus the dragon. I like the dra- I like the dragon story. You're like, he's like a used dragon. You know, he's getting his soul bonds are getting <laughs> taken advantage of. Yeah. And he uh, just gets paired up this piece of shit kid and is like, you know, I'm fucking done. I'm out. I'm gonna burn. I'm gonna burn this whole place down and leave. Not only am I out, I'm gonna make it so that nobody can buy used dragons Honestly, anymore. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the next issue is just following this dragon, and it's just like, like oh I, I actually, I, I want to know where this dragon goes. Yeah, where does he go after this? Yeah. Hope maybe he finds love. He like finally finds the, even though his soul bond is weak, he finds the right one. He yeah. finds the right soul bond. Yeah, and then he plugs his thing into their hair, their braided hair, and they, yeah, yeah, a little bit of yeah. Uh, Avatar. Don't forget to check out Avatar: The Way of Water, <laughs> premiering December thirteenth. I'm honestly psyched, but for, I'm, I'm kind of cinemas worried. and IMAX. I'm a bit worried about the used dragon salesman's family now. How are they going to eat? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, well, like, they're going to eat dragon <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, uh, that's, that's true. It's, it's, I mean, if you look at the point of view of the salesman, this is a tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. It's his whole life. His wife's going to leave him. She I'm said. Sh- if you lose one more job, I'm taking the kids and I'm out of here. Oh my god! And like, he probably doesn't like exploiting dragons, but it's kind of the hand he was dealt. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is an Arthur Miller play. You know, <laughs> right, right here. This, this is death of a salesman. Yeah. This is like he he got back into the business, even though he's kind of washed up. But he's got like hope against hope that he can pull it out. But like, you know, he got a bunch of people 
killed yeah. the last time he opened a dragon dealership. And uh, the truth is, it it hangs over his family like a like a guillotine. Yep. You know. Man, yeah. I. Uh, He's gonna start hitting the bottle after this again. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. A little bit of. I don't know. Just a little bit of liquid, liquid fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Liquid. What a fun. Yeah. He's gonna drown his story. sorrows when his wife leaves him, just like me. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. So, <laughs> if it's Nestor's story, I was just thinking about this. Why does Nestor need a dragon? See, the weird thing is the only point of view this does not make sense. So those two are like the dragon is like a really like touching story where I'm like I want to follow this dragon I want to see what he goes or she goes on to do the salesman it's like a sad tragedy Nestor is the one point of view that I don't care about yeah well he's, he's got to want something and it's got to be Nestor appropriate so it's like is he trying to impress one of his shitty friends well that's is a, he that's, yeah. it's the same thing it's, he's a dumb piece of shit he didn't learn anything <laughs> he was the dumb piece of shit can for you a guys whole comic answer book. me this so you've seen all the previous Nestor comics what world does Nestor live in. Is that a world where you pay with satchels of gold? It's a world of whatever fucking like uh it's whatever video game. Whatever they video feel. Game uh, he's, in. Okay. he's always in a different video game. Uh, so gotcha. he's not always in Dragon World. But he's always the only consistency he's always a dumb piece of shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and you know, nothing different here. Right. Okay. As long as they're staying consistent with that. Yeah. I miss when yeah, the Nestor... currency is being a dumb piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I really wit I miss when Nestor was uh, constantly verbally, physically abused by Howard. Yeah, because he was. He used to have like a partner who would just physically and emotionally abuse him. And what happened? That killed him off, or what? Uh, no, that he just that that he figure, rode off into the sunset like Shane. Uh, probably died. That figure abandoned him, and now and now it's just like Nestor is just a dumb piece of shit, and it, nothing changes. He just fucking fucks with dragons. I think uh, if the, if there's a through line to the the Nestor's adventures like the comic post Howard, it's how aimless and broken his life has become. It's just a void. And he's just doing stuff to do stuff and like it, you can tell it's it's kind he's not quite smart enough that he can like feel it and cr- you know, his brain is not smart enough to say things to to him like you're lost. Like you've got nothing. You're wasting your life. You you suck. But he could just kind of feel it. Like, you know, coming yeah. out of the fog, the sense that, like, things are broken and they're never going to get better. Well, they shouldn't call it Nestor's Adventure. They should call it Bo Rutherford's Adventure. <laughs> hey! Slap! Hey! Dwing is, uh, like, for a bat, it's a bunch of skin stretched over. But there's, like, a there's an arm in there. There's, like, some muscle. There's some Isn't there, like, a whole bones? thing that we deeply don't understand birds? Right, like the way they fly, like there's this weird stuff that is involved that we don't fully understand. Someone told me that. Probably fucking lie. (laughs) (laughs) We're here at uh, now playing, starring George and Rob. Okay, I've got a big, big news for this. This whole well, what is? Okay, so you know how I I talked about earlier when I when wave rates popped up. Oh my um, god, you met one of them, didn't you? I went sorry and onto the Wikipedia entry for Wave Race, the game, to figure out like, oh shit, is this related to Wave Race sixty four? In the description, they said Wave Race sixty four. When they said on under reception, they said critics praised the game for its tight turn controls, and uh, they really said this game flourishes in multiplayer. Do you guys want to read what George and, and Rob say about Wave Race in this section? This is Wave Race or the, the, Wave Race the Game, Game Boy, Boy Wave Game. Race? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. So that, that's that's the only thing that it says in the critics' reception on the Wave Race Game Boy game. Okay. Uh, you want to read out what Rob and George say about Wave Race, the game, 
on, on, on now you're playing. George says it's super RC. By the way, George always goes first. Yeah. They've changed the format, and I have comments about that later. Yeah. But George says it's super RC Pro-Am on the water. This game is a lot of fun, and you really do get a sense of racing on a water course. I especially like the way that your craft skids around corners, which I probably would too. That, that, sorry, that's what, that's what it says. Uh, okay, I don't want to cut the bullshit. The, the critics' review was just George and Rob. It was everything they said pasted onto Wikipedia. Yeah, Rob says it's best if you got a lot of players. <laughs> yeah, literally the Wikipedia like description of Wave Race is George and Rob. So, and, and I clicked the reference on it, and it said Nintendo Power. Wait a minute. And I went back. So I went. I literally went into. I read that review and was like, oh, I guess it's about um, type turn controls and like. And then I read this thing, and they said the same exact thing that I just read on Wikipedia. And huh. George, George and Rob affected the internet that I read. It affected like a page, and it blew my mind. No, you guys aren't blown away by that. Do you it, think it, one of them is an, a Wikipedia editor and was like, "Yeah, maybe hey, that was just George's." We, we talked yeah, about just, that. And George not, did it. It's <laughs> not a popular game, so I'm sure that was like the one area they could actually like grab from. But uh, George, did nobody else review this no. at the time? Yeah, maybe that's the only review that exists yeah. in publication. It is. Uh, that's crazy. Really? Yeah, it's the only review for Wave Race, Weird. and it's on this. It's on this, and it's on this dumb section of George and Rob that we skip every issue. Do but they affected Wikipedia. Do you guys know who George and Rob are? So they were, I think, gameplay counselors. <laughs> I think they were counselors. <laughs> they, uh, they, um, they really played up when they first appeared. Like they, they uh, Howard with Howard and Nestor. You know, we talk about like the Nestor used to have like this abuser. That was, right. them. That was actually Howard. <laughs> it's based who, on a real guy. It was based off a real person. And they like made a real employee of Nintendo, like an icon of that. And he went away because he moved companies. That's why he left the comic book. And now they kind of try to replace him with new, like real life people with George and Rob. They're like real people who work for Nintendo. And they're trying to like kind of make them like a mascot a little bit. These See? guys work for Nintendo? Yeah. They, they work for and Nintendo. We're supposed to trust their. It's, it's, just, it's Siskel and Ebert. Like, right. yeah, they're doing this. And a little conflict of interest is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Well, they, just, they honestly seem honest. Uh, and Well, well may, they used to. They used but if you read this one, the tone. So the tone in the previous ones was more conversational. It wasn't obviously broken up by game. They would just bold the name of a game when they started talking about it. And it was just a couple of pages of them chatting. And this one, now the game gets a header. And you can tell what system it's on. And George always goes first, and Rob always goes second, and they're both really, really positive. And that was not the case before. Yeah. It'd be pretty critical. They were like, wow. And not only that, but like back in the day, they really made George fat in the art, and they really <laughs> slimmed him down. Yeah. Uh, Maybe George, he lost weight. I don't, know. I don't know. It sounds like a bunch of propaganda. It does, interestingly. Got, got, yeah, got I, was, I wonder if they were like, hey, Nintendo was like, hey, look, can you start lying that you like these games? And his we say, can you lie about my fucking weight? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, Nintendo. It, I mean, it still has a disclaimer, though, saying that the opinions of Rob and George do not reflect the opinions of Nintendo Power Magazine or Nintendo, hmm. Nintendo of America. I, I have to assume that some of these publishers were like, what the fuck, man? These guys that work there just said in the issue, this game is boring. It's not boring. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's, that's actually a good observation. They man. probably threaten their children or something. Yeah, now they... um. They, they might be one of them might be critical, but the other one always comes back. It's like, yeah, but it's got four player, and that's all I need. Right? Like, it's very <laughs> damn. So now, like, not only that, like, not only did they have the power to sell kids' game, but they have the power of changing Wikipedia articles that I'm reading to this day. They were too powerful. I thought that Wave Race was 
a great month. Like maybe we've raised fucking sucks. Yeah. Maybe it's oh, terrible man. with four players. Yeah. Shit. It's only good with two players. Maybe there's not tight cornering. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's the worst cornering <laughs> in video game history. There's not even you're, the corner. You're right <laughs> off the mat. Yeah. You can't even turn. <laughs> uh, we're here at the top 20. Here I can go first. Yeah. Here's I'll the, do the, the top charts. Yeah. We, we just do the top three for each console. And there's Nestor again. again. Yeah. yeah. The old Nestor. Nestor's back, unfortunately. It, some... Uh, there's an art of a guy who just has too many Game Boys in his backpack that it's fallen off. He can't even stand straight. It's uh, <laughs> Is that guy someone? Or is that just some dude? Brett, Brett Kreischer ro- <laughs> robbing the train and the machine. <laughs> Everybody's Game Boys in his bag. The Russian yeah, mobsters. Fucking thief. All oh, right, man. top three. Where were we at? What's going uh, on? So we got Mega Man 4 at number three. Right on. Uh, number two, unfortunately, again, is the Battletoads. Unfortunately. Yeah, I like the Battletoads. Why do you say unfortunately? Yeah, I know. Wasn't fucking trash with the Battletoads. Battletoads is awesome. Yeah, hell the, yeah. The game is all right. There we go. My problem is with the Toads. They what? suck. Why, why don't you like the Toads? <laughs> they're bad knockoff Ninja Turtles. Well, they're Toads. Which is true. But the, I, Battletoads rule. I'm, I'm with I'm with Bo here. Hard, mm. extremely hard video game. The, the Battle it? or Battletoads two. One of them is extremely. Yeah, hard. No, this cool. game's very hard. Yeah. Uh, Battletoads, the comic that. Appeared in Nintendo Power, that one of the awesome. greatest comics ever made. Really? Yeah, it's so crazy. It it uh, breaks every rule of storytelling. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> Let, let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, that one was the most fun we've had reading that. It was, man, what was the idea? Like they, so, their whole idea was they started off as a Battletoads comic, but the Battletoads are not real. Took off VR goggles and they were just people playing as the Battletoads. Three nepotism kids in jumpsuits in an esports arena, and they all suck. One of them wears sunglasses all the time for context and uh the evil scientist and corporate guys who run the games like the scientist wants to kill the three guys and then they get trapped in the machine and become battle toads and it's all real after they establish that it's all fake in an esports game so they just went off when they did that yeah one. it was fucking great man that one was unhinged in the best way <laughs> number one super mario brothers 3 also that's that's the nest games i remember when super mario brothers 3 came out i mean really yeah i remember the commercials like the mario face over north america oh yeah where it's everybody's wearing the different colored t-shirts yeah. and it zooms out to space and it's a giant mario face i don't remember that we that's, want mario did did when you played mario 3 were, were you like this is it this is the best video game yeah, ever absolutely yeah. i remember as a little kid i was playing with my brother and maybe like some friends, and we beat the first world. I remember thinking as a little kid, like that's it, we beat the game. I didn't like it. Didn't occur to me. There's like oh, multiple so worlds. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's actually interesting because like I feel like you both read this magazine and were like went to the NES era, but your experience is probably very different because you had older siblings to yeah. kind of like yeah. Lead I was you always through. the second to play. That's for yeah. sure. Oh man, uh, what a bummer. I was always player two. Uh, yep. They ever give you an unplugged controller to keep you from causing trouble? Maybe I don't remember, but it's possible. You can do that with babies. I wouldn't have known. So, <laughs> damn. Uh, you want to take us through the SNES games? Bo? Absolutely. Number three, WWF Super WrestleMania. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, they did not buy a number three. I own that game. That game's not good. That's yeah, over Castlevania. The game you said it's great. Yeah, and Ca- Final Fantasy too. These are games you love, and, and wrestling just fucking... Oh, and that's better than all yeah. those? Oh Contra 3 is below WWF no, Lemmings is six. I'd put Lemmings number one. I love Lemmings. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Super Smash TV? Oh, my God. <laughs> there are many There are yeah. many games on this list there that are, are many much, games much on this better. Much, much, much better. It's like, I mean, to be honest, the fact that, uh, like, F... 
WWF Super WrestleMania is close to fucking the Legend of Zelda length of the past. I think is it. It's like two hundred points what? separating. So they have Street Fighter Two at number fifteen on this list. The World Warrior. What is that? That's the uh, subtitle of the first Street Fighter Two game. I did not know that. Yeah, these. I mean, like that's the thing. It's like these also follow trends. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, even if they fucking suck, are always number one for a little bit. Really? Because it's like the way they like do these like top charts is as the combination of what sells the best what little kids who read this magazine like and what critics like. And so out of that formula, those kids and cells can kind of like make the top charts be a little funky. You know right. to make Battletoads better? If the three Battletoads, whose names all escape me, were replaced by Hulk Hogan, <laughs> Macho Man, Randy yeah. Savage, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, let's say the Million Dollar Man. Battle wrestlers. Because his name is still really funny. And it's the exact same game otherwise. Yeah. It's just wrestlers. Do the Battletoads have names? I don't even know. Yeah, it's like Zit. Wart and like gobble <laughs> the, the big one. Uh, uh number two, when I'm this game still holds up and one of the it, greatest oh, yeah, games it, of it, all time. Yeah, I agree. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. I was playing that like one it, of the goats. When we had the um segment on that in this magazine, I replayed it and that is a good fucking Absolutely. game. Absolutely. That's a good game. It's amazing. Man, the music in that game. Everything. Dark World yeah. theme. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and number one, of course, you have Super Mario World. Which I would also say, I mean, that's the great thing about the Super Nintendo is, um, unlike the Nintendo, like a lot, a lot of NES games don't hold up that well. Super Nintendo, they fucking yeah, hold they up. Do. They're yep. so good. Man. Although there is still some like bullshit. And um, I was playing like the Mega Man X games and it's fucking, it can be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah there's some real bullshit in those. <laughs> it's just like you get screwed. And you're yeah. Like, also, you're so mad. You yep. can't even play Zero until what? The third one and then only temporarily? Yeah. Boo. Yeah, fuck that. The PlayStation ones, Zero became like a normal character. Yeah. Uh, take us home with the Game, Boy the Game Boy. Yeah. Number three, we have the Battletoads. You know, I personally, I personally, I personally love them. Uh, number two, Metroid Two, Samus. Something about Samus. <laughs> Return <laughs> of Samus. <laughs> Metroid Two. There's something <laughs> about Samus. <laughs> that that zipper scene at the beginning of the game still gets to me. <laughs> and number one, Super Mario Land. All right, look at that. All right, wait. How's Wave Race doing? The I don't even controls. see it on there. Yeah, it's not on it there yet. Maybe, Maybe it's not out, out yet. Yeah. yeah, something feels weird about that wave race game. Yeah, something seems not <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. Hey guys, this celebrity player profile is Tori Spelling yeah, from Beverly so, Hills 90210. So weird when I saw this. Yeah, I have no idea. This is honestly is. one of the better ones really? of the bunch because it does sound like it's her actually giving answers as opposed to Nintendo just made it up and the publicist said I will it was say fine. that was my first thought too and then I read it and I was like, oh, maybe kind of seems like they do have like a Super Nintendo in her trailer and they like all play. She's talking about uh, her and Shannon Doherty and Ginny Garth being better at video games than Luke yeah. Wilson. Or, uh, yeah, it's Luke Wilson, right? No, no, honestly, uh, I... I Luke, Luke Perry, Perry, that, Perry, that's right. I don't trust these that are ever. I, I mean, they really, they, uh, as we've mentioned, they literally interviewed Bart Simpson for a while. He was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, and he's not real. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible someone just wrote like filled this all in. You can you can tell when it's bullshit because it'll be some random celebrity being like, I love the specific mode in ice hockey where you fight grim lords. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, the what? And it's like, no, a Nintendo PR person wrote that. I actually do wonder, like, do you think there's a level where you're rich enough or that you would not care about video games anymore? Like, where, like, there's a level, like, my I can buy and do anything I want. I feel like there's a level where that wouldn't happen. I feel like video games are actually fucking sick. And even if you could, like, afford a trip to a different country every fucking day, 
They, I don't know. I still feel like that's not. I think it depends on the person. Me, I'd, right? I'd be too busy having sex with supermodels constantly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, yes. The, the other be, most important hobby is. It'd be hard people. to fit you in video the, games. Yeah, you'd become the, dra- the sad dragon. Yeah. But what if, it's a, what if it's a cool lady who likes video games? She's like, yeah, we should play some Smash. We can and play Smash like, while what? we're smashing. Do you think yeah. you would. Do you, yeah, but you do kind of come across as the guy who would win the lottery and it would ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's like a majority. That happens to almost all yeah, lottery well, winners. That's not. They, they can't get any worse. So <laughs> it can only go up from here. And I feel like Weston would just save the money and not spend it. <laughs> I, I would just be gone. I would be gone one day. And you just have five growing machines. <laughs> it's a new brand of rowing machine enters the market 18 months later you don't know who runs the company but one day 20 years in the future when it's the number one rowing machine there's one in every household in north america i send out mysterious golden tickets to, to five dragons one like <laughs> get to they get to come to my factory and have a phone the, the reclusive row machine magnet <laughs> I, I hobble, I hobble my way out to the, the carpet at the front, and it looks like I'm going to fall over. But then I do a little somersault. The only way you get around is a row machine with wheels on it. <laughs> yeah, when, when we're on the really creepy uh, ferry ride, it's, it, it's literally me on the it's rowing a row machine. machine boat. Yeah, there's like footage of chickens getting their heads chopped off and everyone screaming. I got just, my earbuds in. I'm listening to the Crystal Method. Yeah, instead of like everything in the factory being made, it, it's not. It's not all candy. It's all just a rowing. It's machine. all made out of rowing machines. <laughs> Different types of rowing machines. <laughs> these tulips are rowing machines. <laughs> Built by uh, these, these little guys, these little orange guys <laughs> that I found. I don't know where I found them. They don't. They don't have rights though, so they're great for factory yeah. workers. I, I need to rewatch the original Willy Wonka. That. I mean, that's a fun. How many? Fun but, movie, right? Well, how many times in school did you watch, what is it, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? In school? Yeah. Because they probably showed that to us 20 times. Really? In really? elementary school. It was such a common, like... Well, oh, but, but you, went, you went to candy high school, right? You went to, you went to candy <laughs> Yes, school. I went to candy high. I was a candy major. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I mean, if we watched that in school, I, it, I don't remember watching it a lot, so... Man, show that movie... Yeah, yeah, maybe they just weren't doing a very good job in my school district. I had a, <laughs> they I had just a, throw on a movie. I think a class that was just a business class, and the prof- the not the professor, just it's high school, so the teacher just kind of, kind of, I feel like gave up on the curriculum, and just we just started watching The Office. Dude, <laughs> it was, nice. It was great. Yeah. And to uh, finish out the magazine here, we got a pack watch with a, actually a bunch of bangers in it. We yeah. got yeah, we big dinosaurs game. from Irem. We have Minor 2049er. We have Legend of the Ghost Lion from Chemco. Just iconic. <laughs> Super Star Wars. Do you yeah. guys play those games? Oh, of course. Those games were awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Super Mario Kart, right? You said Super I mean, Mario Land Yeah, you were joking around. These are actually good games. There's a lot Super of... Mario Land's a good one. Super Double Dragon, even. That was cool. Oh man! Damn. Anything good happening in? You got a Dragon Ball Z call out in Japan. Watch, which is really cool because at this point in the U.S., I feel like Dragon Ball Z was still an unknown quantity. I feel like it didn't. Yeah, when did Dragon oh, yeah. Ball Z? Ninety two for sure. They started yeah. showing DBZ really early in the morning on Saturdays before. Who was was it? Funimation that took over the dub when Adult Swim and like Toonami got it. Um, 
I don't know. I know that Dragon Ball Z was like if if you were like one or two years older than me, you were really probably really you got fed that pretty heavily. But I just kind of missed that. I think Dragon Ball Z feels like you know you have the the lightsaber conversation with a with a young child, and it's like a timeless and appealing boy soap opera thing that everybody. Dragon Ball Z is fucking sick. I love Dragon Ball Z is awesome. Charge up for five um, episodes. This, you know, game looks absolutely terrible. Is minor two zero forty nine or? Yeah, that doesn't. You know, I, I, like, I guess like look good. the the they just put their like elbow on the on the keypad. I know. Well, the and like of the two screenshots they show to hype us up, the first one is that like just menu with words like <laughs> transition screen. What is this? If you've wanted to explore a radioactive <laughs> uranium mine. <laughs> I mean, at first glance, it looks like Load Runner, which is a game that has its fans. Like that is an iconic arcade, you know, arcade and PC game. This is not that. This is something else. You gotta clear all the fallout dust from mm. the floors of a mine. Damn. Expect to find tricky jumps, obstacles, traps, and mutant enemies. Well, Legend of the Ghost Lion. Um, a ghost lion's pretty cool, right? Legend oh. of the Ghost Lion. The ghost Lion. It's pretty neat that this is a RPG. This is an RPG, right? But it's set in Africa. So it'd be one of the, a sort of NES Sheena Queen of the Jungle thing. That's the actual text in this. <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it's almost like Star Tropics, but it's like set in Africa. Ooh, kind I of just love it. Star Tropics. Uh, they also talk up uh, later in the year, expect to see Ace Harding Lost in Las Vegas, which is the follow-up uh, to Deja Vu. I don't think that game came out. You know what I'm excited for? Whenever Ace Ventura comes out in the in the Jim Carrey celebrity profile that'll, that'll pair yeah. with that, that's me fun. Can we just talk about how funny Jim Carrey was in the 90s? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, he's still. Like, uh, I, I hate all of his movies because they have bad writing. I, I more care about the writing of a comedy than the like an actor being crazy. But, man, they could have... His acting is insane. It's, yeah. it's so good. He single-handedly props up the villains in uh, Batman Forever. <laughs> like, yeah. His his Riddler is so unhinged. And to- you can watch Tommy Lee Jones just <laughs> hate him silently uh, for the entire movie. Jim Carrey is fucking great in the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. He's fucking oh, that's phenomenal. Right. He's so good in those movies. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We made it. Okay. Hey, what are what are we rating? What yeah, are we so, going but we normally uh, it started off. We used to be really into the Howard and Nestor comic books, and we'd rate those characters. <laughs> we'd rate Howard. Time. We'd rate Nestor. But that's not a thing anymore. So right. we just rate two arbitrary things, one out of ten. And so now we just gotta gotta figure that out for Here, this for this for this episode. I got a pitch. It'll blow your socks off. Why don't we rate the dragon and the car salesman uh, from the comic from the comic book? One out of ten. Yeah. Okay. I'm in for that. Because we we talked a good amount about that. That's probably the most in depth we've gotten. Yeah, yeah. At the at the literary stuff happening between the lines in a long time. Yeah, totally, Nestor comic. The last yeah. ten times we read Nestor's, we literally just said, "Skit." Like I hate this. <laughs> I, I hate this, <laughs> and I hate <laughs> reading it. We moved on. You went for that, Bo? Is that yeah? That yeah. I guess I'm trying to think of my ratings. One out of ten. Okay. I'm. Oh. Uh, you want to kick it off? Yeah, and I'm kind of, kind of, I'm probably gonna rate like the story through their point of view as well. On top of the character, like yeah. the dragon is like the story of there's a dragon. A lot going on. Who yeah, was taken advantage, soul bond wise, uh, and uh, triumph like got paired with a really shitty piece of shit, and uh, uh, decided I'm done. I'm gonna blow this 
place up, I'm out eight. Eight yeah. out of ten. Yeah, I feel that. The car salesman is the sad, tragic story of a guy who is just trying to keep his family afloat and is doing whatever it costs. And he's, he's making some tough decisions and he loses the business. Uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm a seven. I feel like the really sad plays aren't exactly my thing, but it's clearly like high level of that. So I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to watch something sad, you watch Sophie's Choice. <laughs> you know, like, come on. I don't know. What's another sad movie? <laughs> it's the only one I can think of. Uh, Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah t- two sad yeah. movies about one thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. All right, so The Dragon, it's... Here's the thing that doesn't connect for me about the dragon. <laughs> that dragon had the ability to burn down that dealership the whole time. That was my first time. Well, you're nodding. <laughs> you got it. Okay. We, we track the same thing. So I'm a little confused. Like, what is the dragon really up to? I think there's a gap in the writing. I think that was an oversight on the part of the writers, the comic. Okay. okay. Dragon gets a four. It, it, I'll give him an eight also for personality. I like the dragon but just not executed on well. And that's not the dragon's fault. Like, yeah, you don't like, not, It's not the actors, the writers. Right. You don't think like, the fire he's blowing out was more of an internal thing that he conquered or she conquered? Uh, no, you just think, okay. So it's a they dragon. They, uh, yeah, well, they, they certainly have some demons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, and it might be a thing like the Zelda comic where it's like we just need to see the, the dragon's full story and it'll all make sense, but it didn't track for me. I mean, okay. Let's let's get Tony Gilroy on that. He's killing it on Andor. He pulled that shit on Andor, where they said that uh, Cassie and Andor was born on Fest or some planet, and in the show they have him born on a different planet that they made up for the show. And they're oh, like, right. "That's that." We just tell people he's from Fest. It's really clever nerd writing. Um, Tony Gilroy could totally fix the dragon story. All right, I'll give him a call. Car salesman. Yeah, I I kind of. Tipped my tipped my hand there when I was just like I don't want to watch depressing shit. Yeah, because life is depressing. Let's let's get to good stuff. Um, I want to watch some wacky hijinks and uh, watching the guy's life just inevitably un- <laughs> unravel didn't make me sad. It made me angry because that's how it always goes. I didn't need to, you know, give me some escapism. Nestor's adventures. Uh, so I'm gonna give him. And again, that's not the actor's fault. That's the that's the writing. So I'm gonna give him a two, and that's. Again, so pretty it's yeah, the execution. The actor, you know, like just the personality, he's all right. I'll give him a six. Okay. Bo, you want to bring us home? Yeah. I have to agree with you on the dragon thing. All right. <laughs> it's a big Man, oversight. We shouldn't yeah. feel so bad for this dragon. This dragon could have burnt the place down at any any point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. So I'm starting to think that perhaps the dragon gets something out of the sale. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like a percentage or a family you... to feed too. Yeah. Oh shit! So that's another cautionary tale where, like, that dragon leaving wasn't leaving for freedom; it was leaving its family. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe a lot of reasons. Just yeah. fed up. Huh. Yeah, it said, "Screw it! I don't need to feed the kids anymore. I'm gonna." Damn. Maybe we don't know enough about the dragon. You think the dragons be? We watch, we're watching the dragon become an absentee parent. Maybe. Wow. Yeah, wow. Maybe yeah, that wow. dragon was, you know, maybe maybe that dragon grew up with the salesman, right? Yeah, shit. Like they're they're kind of like maybe park. that yeah. was the dragon leaving the nest, if you will. Huh? How often do you really? I, how often do you see a story of like not the parent is already an absentee parent? They've already been they've already been gone for cigarettes for ten years, right? Where do where do we watch? We don't ever get to see the switch flip. We don't get to see that moment. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, because we don't know a lot about the dragon, 
I'm going to just have to do a neutral five. All right? <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Now, as for the used dragon salesman, uh, I relate to this guy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you like the sad play. Yeah. You want, yeah. You want to watch the sad um, play. And, and like, like uh, Brett, you mentioned earlier, we don't know his life situation. Maybe this was his only option. Yeah. You know? Yeah, who knows? And uh, hmm. maybe he has a family he's trying to support. Maybe yeah. his girlfriend left him a while ago. <laughs> Whatever. I, like I said, I relate to him. The point is, he lost his business, and that wasn't very fair. So I give him a 10. <laughs> And I wish him the best. I hope he can turn his life around like me. Hey, you know what? I respect that. And I honestly, um, I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't show the grace and empathy that you just did for this character. Because <laughs> if you can show that for that character, you can show it to yourself. And that's, that's, that's real power, you know? Bo, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you, guys. This hey, is great. This what do you want to awesome. plug? Where can people find you? <laughs> um, you can find me uh, for any LA people. I host an open mic every Thursday night. No way, really? At the Skip Town Playhouse, 8 o'clock. Flam. Find, me, find uh, the Skip Town Comedy on Instagram or my Instagram, which is like my name or something. I'm not really positive. Bo Rutherford. Boom. Hell um, yeah, man. We'll put it in the show notes. You can also find me amongst the stars. <laughs> There you go. I had a dragon flying up. Like yeah. in, in Beverly Hills, what are we talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I'd walk around the streets in Beverly Hills <laughs> and just that's wave at people. Five at the odds of streets. <laughs> that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I haven't been to Beverly Hills in a long time. There was a Venezuelan restaurant there that had like Tacanas that I used to go to, but it closed down a long time ago. Uh, did the pandemic kill it? I think it was gone before that. Mm. Oh, give that place just oh, two out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. That place is just like the salesman. Or I, I, I kind of wasn't listening, but I, just, I don't even know what I rated. <laughs> I don't know what I rated. The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs> <laughs>